Do not attempt to adjust. Do not attempt to adjust. Do not attempt to adjust the frequency. There is nothing wrong with your streaming device. We are controlling the transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer, we will tune it to a whisper. We control the hysterical. <laughs> we control the rational. Mm. Yes, but I agree. But. Sit patiently, and we will control all that you hear. <laughs> we repeat, there is nothing wrong with your streaming device. You are about to participate in a great awakening. You are about to experience the truth and wonder reaching from the inner mind of the Geek Out Heroes. Welcome to the Geek Out Heroes. This is Vargo. This is Josiah. And Miles. Listeners, sorry there's no there's no podcast for the last several weeks. The recording that we had, I try to pull it up, and every time I try to pull it up, it tells me the file doesn't exist. It's listed. It's not, it says it doesn't exist. So I have no idea where it is now. Listeners, I figured it out. I actually put it on an external hard drive and the drive was disconnected, so that's why it wasn't showing up. So I found it. It's posted. <laughs> the cloud it's just in the cloud man <laughs> it's this nebulous thing that's just all around us and surrounds us like the force if you talked to gamers uh over a decade ago they actually thought that cloud oh cloud computing is going to change everything it makes the xbox like 20 times more powerful than playstation 4 i can still remember that bullshit laughing my ass off how dumb that was <laughs> anyways Listeners, so let's let's get uh, go ahead and get this out of the way just because it's it's funny. Um, so a long time ago, journalists decided to go ahead and attack D and D and say that it was racist and sexist and all this <clears throat> stuff. And Watsi unfortunately listened um, and started their whole new campaign of just absolute butt fuckery and nonsense. And uh, that's why we're in the you know. D and D's kind of in the place where it is right now, where everything is racist, and you can't have you can't talk about uh, half breeds and stuff like that because that's a racist term somehow, and you know the the typical Watsy nonsense that we've been pretty much pissed off about ever since it started. But unfortunately, another another journalist is about to fuck you know fuck around and find out because they've decided to go after Warhammer forty k, and uh, you're going to find out real quick that this is an audience that does not put up with that shit, and that is a company that does not put up with that shit, and will tell you to go fuck yourself straight up. At least I really do hope so, given the attitudes that I've seen from them. It's 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 not an it's that's not a fight you want. You're you're basically picking a fight with another. You're picking a fight with another like Tolkien-esque fan fandom of no, no, you want to find out the real meaning of for the emperor. It's going to happen. I think what a lot of people forget was back when the game first came out, it was satire. Yeah. And the longer it's gone on, the more serious everything's gotten. Yep. So if you go back and look at anything before third edition, I mean, the game was goofy as fuck. Oh yeah. And like, I, I'm pretty sure this was, I, I, 
not to not to really say this is absolute, but I'm almost positive I read the article from the gamer, which wouldn't surprise me because the gamer is just the people who are supposed to be their main readers. They hate them anyways. So they bag on on gamers regardless. But I'm pretty sure they're the ones that that tried to make this fucking stance and they tried to say that uh, Warhammer 40K doesn't, you know, is, is sexist because they they quote don't have any female warriors. And I instantly laughed <laughs> and went, you have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Um, you don't know anything about uh, about Warhammer. You just picked a you 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 threw a dart on a board, saw Warhammer, went oh they're up on the chopping block now. I'm gonna try and take them down because I'm I'm so woke. I I know I know all the hidden bullshit that's happening around me that that no one else sees, and I'm gonna point it out. It was just because Henry Cavill was you know migrating that direction because it all kind of happened around the same time. Uh, sort of, yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, you might be right. It could be, but it's just one of those things. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't understand any, like any of these, I don't understand any of these journalists that think they can call themselves journalists. No, you're a blog writer. Like we're more journalists. Like we're, we're better journalists than you are. And all we do is give our fucking opinions. Hey, you guys don't know shit. <laughs> Fuck. Are you still around in this industry? Yeah, there's a reason why uh, places like BuzzFeed and all those places are going to be going under real fucking soon. Not quick enough. <clears throat> oh, it's going to be a glorious day when IGN collapses. Fuck. That's going to be hilarious. Yeah, I remember when I used to be able to go there and get actual news and reviews. Yeah. Those you actually times. could trust the reviews over a decade ago, and then that <laughs> changed and they became, you know, all, nearly everything was dependent on. Oh, are you advertising with us? Oh, well, you instantly get two more points than we just than you deserve. And people like to act like that actually happened a long time ago. That that didn't. That that was actually not too long ago when they actually had decent reviews and decent like you could actually trust their reviews. I mean, well, I say not too long ago, but I'm you know I'm talking from perspective. You know, upwards of like 13 years ago, they were actually putting out decent you know decent reviews and decent articles. I remember what game did it. It was Kane and Lynch too. <laughs> that was the one that uh they got busted getting paid for yeah because they bagged on the game through the entire review and then they gave it a 7.5 jesus christ it was either a 7.5 or a 7 yeah i'm like you guys called this thing dog shit and unplayable and then gave it a 7.5 yeah it was a 7 yeah it was a 7 out of 10 uh yeah, it was pretty much at that point where they started like overhyping the shit out of all of these games even though like we knew they were being promoted to like they were being paid to do that but for crying out loud man there was not a decently fucking honest person there to tell that developer look your game is shit it's not going to sell well you should stop now but they never point out any of the flaws and stuff that ha- that happened in the games and it's just like one of those things like you guys just ignore the shit it's like a it's it's not to not to call him out cuz I actually like him uh you know legacy killer uh he's I actually enjoy a lot of his content and I think that he's he's really intelligent. He analyzes things really well for the most part, but his take on Diablo four frustrated the shit out of me. Cause he's like, you know, they have microtransactions and they're really bad, but you know, just ignore them. I'm like, dude, you can't ignore that shit. Like you literally, like you're literally the guy who has called this shit out every fucking time, every time that they have had over monetization, crappy pricing, stuff like that. And because it's a, it's Diablo and it's a game you like, Suddenly it's, oh, I just ignore it. And you can just choose to ignore it. 
I'm sorry, but it's part of the game. It's part of it's part of their infrastructure. They're charging twenty eight fucking dollars for skins, essentially. And you're just going to say, oh, yeah, it's fine. No, uh, uh-uh. no, that's yep. that's not how this works. One of my friends is playing it right now, and he sent me a screenshot of the. Uh, uh, the cosmetic microtransactions menu. Yeah. So you remember when horse armor came out for oblivion? It was like, what? Three dollars. Yeah, it's like three or four dollars. I can't remember. Yeah, they're charging sixteen dollars now for horse armor in the game in in Diablo. In Diablo. Yeah, I, I believe it. They were they were charging twenty eight bucks for a fucking for a fucking armor set that's not no beneficial. It's just cosmetic. Yeah. And and I saw it, I was like twenty eight bucks. I was like, are you guys like? It's a seventy dollar game. That's yeah. that's practically that's practically a third of the fucking cost. Like, and you're asking for. For twenty eight bucks for a skin, like, god damn! And what's funny is it, it's hysterical to me the fact that and, and this is going to go into another thing of like how people easily like the the, the it, there's a lot of outrage that happens with Activision games. Activision Blizzard constantly has outrage, but it never affects anything. And here's the reason why. Because everyone still keeps playing their games. If you continue to buy their games, continue to play their games, you are just showing them that it doesn't fucking matter. So if you're wondering why Activision can't change or won't change their attitudes towards things or why they do the typical, oh, well, we made a mistake. We've heard you out. We're going to back it off a little bit because that's the typical, like, we, we, we're going to look like good guys, even though we're bad guys. Shit that they do. That's the, that's something they do. That's something that's industry wide in reality. They do that. Bungie does that, you know, pretty much everyone. Uh, but, oh, you, you should see them as the good guy now because they, they, they saw what they were doing was wrong and they've turned back the tie. They've turned back the clock and changed it just for you. Shut the fuck up. Like, give me a break, man. You, Activision Blizzard players, you guys are the, are the biggest fucking hypocrites I have ever seen. When it comes to gaming and yes, I am doing a direct attack to their fans because you guys bitch and moan constantly about how they fuck you over, how they do terrible things with monetization, how they turn around and change their storefront, change their cosmetics. So they're actually beneficial to newer players who just want money, stuff like that all the time. And you talk about taking a stand, but when you actually like when you have actual people in your game, boy, organize a boycott the people who organize it still go on and play it's not a boycott if you're still playing i mean it's hysterical that's why activision sees you and goes yeah we get it you're outraged but we're not going to do anything about it because we'll just ignore you and it'll go away they did the same thing with diablo immortal they did the same thing with with uh they're gonna they're doing the exact same thing with overwatch too they're just gonna ignore you they, they don't care that you are so upset that that they came out with Overwatch 2, even though it wasn't necessary, and they're not giving you the PVE that they promised. They're giving you some PVE, which was always the plan. It was going to be some. It was never going to be the full thing. If you thought they were going to come out with the full thing, that you were, you were living a dream world. I have no idea what the fuck you were thinking, thinking that that was going to happen, that their whole like, oh, we're going to turn in this massive campaign. No, they're not. They weren't making any fucking money off of a campaign. They weren't charging you for it. So there was no money in it for them. There was no incentive to keep going. Otherwise, they would just say, yeah, we have to delay it because we're still working on it. But instead, we're going to be coming out with these other things while you guys wait. That would be different. But no, what they're doing is we're going to cut it down and we're cutting it in half and chopping up stuff to to give you 
a a glimpse as to what possibly could have been in your mind of what PVE would be for Overwatch. So here you go. Meanwhile, like the entire community, oh my god, I can't believe they did this. This is awful, and they all still go play play Overwatch too. Why? How do I know that? Because their numbers haven't fucking changed. They still have the same amount of people logging in. They still have the same amount of people playing it. So Activision sees that and says, okay, everybody's everybody's pissed off with us on Twitter. You have Twitch gamers going, I'm not going to play your game anymore. They don't care. Twitch fucks over those people constantly anyway, so it doesn't matter. So they'll they'll eventually come back to whatever was making them money regardless. So if they were making more money playing Call of Duty, they'll go back to Call of Duty. It's guaranteed. So your Twitch streamer uninstalling the game means jack shit to me because when I go online and I check the numbers, they haven't had a player drop. They haven't had a massive player drop. It's not significant enough for them to ever give a shit about what any of you think. And that's what Activision does. They're smart enough to realize that, hey, Twitter actually doesn't mean anything because if it did, they would have freaked out even more over the Hong Kong thing. It would have retracted every single thing that they did. Instead, they waited weeks on end for even an apology to the, com- to the community, which meant really nothing because in the end, people still went back and played it. Then, you know, you wouldn't have things like what happened with you know the fucking Cosby sweep. Jesus Christ, guys. Like they had literally people who, who had set up a a suite at a hotel during a convention called the Cosby suite where they would bring back fellow employees, fellow female employees and other, and other women that they met to have sex. And they called it the Cosby suite. They had people who were doing bar crawls. The frat bar crawls was what they were doing from one cubicle to the next, going from one female cubicle, female worker cubicle to another female worker cubicle, drinking and flirting and, Trying to, you know, ins, you know, basically instigate sexual content or contact with with their fellow female employees. And they had 140 harassment harassment cases, all of them legit. And that's out of like over 200 cases. So like out of over 200 cases, they had 140 that were considered legitimate complaints. That that should kind of tell you something. The 140 that were legit, that were legitimate complaints and were seen by HR were completely ignored by the company, completely ignored by management. And then they turn around and said, oh, we did a self-investigation and we found no rog doing. And all of you gamers still stuck around. None of you had a moral compass then. So why would you have a moral compass just because uh it was it nick Merckx? he's a twitch he's a twitch streamer i can't remember his fucking name. i don't all because all because he said he sat there and said a common sense statement that you know kids should just be left alone so he says he he's and he's saying this in, in regards to like teaching kids about uh sexual preferences and stuff like that you know lbgtq community like that stuff shouldn't be taught in school it shouldn't it yeah, that's it's not a school's job to raise to raise kids it shouldn't be they shouldn't have to talk about that shit with their kid with any kid your parents should have those conversations with you my parents had those conversations with me and children should be able to to work out their own their own reasoning as they get older um so school shouldn't have to do that i agree kids should just be left the fuck alone just teach kids to teach kids the things that they need to know that's not one of them so he made a common sense statement of, okay, I don't want my, like, and basically this came about because he was a father. He's like, I don't want my kids to, you know, kids to have to learn that stuff in school. I want to be able to talk that stuff with them and be able to work that stuff out with them and explain that, that stuff to them because they need to understand. 
and I want to make sure that they that they know my values and everything like that. As a parent, that's what any parent would want. Okay, well, yeah, that's a reasonable statement. And call or Activision was like, oh, well, we've canceled our uh, our merch that we had made with him, or our DLC that we had made with him, and uh, where that's not going to be offered in the shop anymore. We're canceling that deal because uh, we disagree with him. Okay, well, that just means Activision's okay with you know groomers and and is okay with like teaching kids about you know sexuality and stuff like that in school. Well, if if the entire Call of Duty community couldn't stop playing the game and couldn't boycott the game, couldn't not buy the game when it came out because of 140 harassment <laughs> harassment complaints. What makes you think that they're going to quit playing because of one streamer? Give me a break. Everyone who keeps virtue signaling about this on like I'm getting tired of it. Like say, "Oh my gosh, Activision's getting destroyed on Twitter," which means fuck all. We all know that Twitter doesn't mean jack shit. Social media doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean you're actually having, you're actually being effective. It just means they're being harassed over social media. Well, big fucking deal. There are 10 year olds that get harassed on, on Twitter. I'm pretty sure Activision can handle it. So you sitting there thinking, Oh, Activision is getting destroyed. No, they're getting yelled at and they're used to it. By now, they don't care. They know that, oh, this is going to blow over. You guys are still playing online. We're checking the numbers. I've checked the numbers, listeners. Their player count hasn't dropped in weeks. Do, do, the, last, do the last time they had a player drop? The, the player drop they had the last time was because Activision fucked up and said, okay, we're going to get rid of customized servers for Call of Duty. And they had a massive drop off in players. Darn. But you can look at their numbers. They've had a massive drop off. They, they've had drop offs every month for the past several months compared to when they launched. Why? Because people just stop playing it. They go and play other stuff. But the next time Call of Duty has a major update, guarantee you all those players that stop playing are going to come back, including all those Twitch streamers that said, oh, I'm, down, I'm, I'm deleting the game from my computer until they apologize. Activision could apologize tomorrow and it wouldn't fucking mean anything. It just means that it just means that they'll they'll give you an a fake they'll give you a fake apology. You'll come back and they'll just say, whatever. We didn't we didn't lose anything from it. Doesn't matter. They're not the next Bud Light, because apparently the people who buy Bud Light have enough scruples to go, fuck it. I'm not buying your beer. Fuck you. You don't want me to as customer. I'm out. That's the way they saw it. Whereas Activision customers constantly get fucked over, over and over and over and over again from one company. And you guys just keep coming back for more. Please, sir, I have some more. Now, listeners, does that mean that I think you should absolutely boycott Activision? No, play the game that you want. If you want to play their game, that's fine. I don't care. But don't bitch and moan about it. Don't play their game and then bitch and moan that you're getting fucked over time after time after time. And you keep coming back for more. I mean, Miles and I do that every fucking time with Destiny. We're doing it to ourselves in reality. But here's the difference. We actually leave. When, when we get tired of their shit, we just leave. So we just stop playing. So if you, if you don't want it to happen anymore, just stop playing. Put your money where your mouth is. Stop playing. Stop giving them money. It only works if a community, if a community as a whole does it. So, I mean, don't. The, the, my point is just stop acting surprised that they keep fucking you over and stop acting surprised when they don't change. Do you think Miles and I are surprised at all that Bungie hasn't really changed? 
No, not really. It does. It does piss us off that they're going right back to their old practices, which is a legitimate thing to bring up. If you want to bring up a legitimate complaint with Activision, go for it. Awesome. But stop playing the game if you think it's getting that bad. You know, stop giving them money. You know, as Aztec or Aztec Cross actually did a, a great video recently about uh, uh, Bungie and brought up everything that's going on with them. So, uh, and, and their terrible practices they've been doing. But here's the thing: he also brings up the fact that do you think leaving the game is gonna is gonna make one damn difference? It's not because they are making money hand over fist. It does not matter. That's unfortunate. Because that means you complaining is going to bring about fuck all. So here's the deal. You want it to change? Everyone has to stop playing. Everyone has to stop giving them money. That's how, that's work. that's how this works. Voting with your wallet works. We've proven this in the past. Just for some reason, gamers now just kind of accept everything as the norm because we've been putting up with the bullshit for so fucking long. The moment you start hurting their wallet, yeah, then they'll care. That's it. Otherwise, you get no sympathy from me. But I mean, this is a company that doesn't give a shit. Bobby Kotick sure shit doesn't care about you. And in truth, no large company does. You're just a money sign to them. This isn't your local corner store where you know the manager, where you know the, the, the shopkeeper. This is a business. They don't give a shit other than the fact of if you are giving them money or not. And that's normal. That, that's kind of the way things should be, in all honesty. That's why companies need to stay out of our politics. They need to stay out of our care. Our, our, our social culture, they need to stay in their own fucking zone and just try to make money. And us as customers need to vote with our wallets. That's how all of this works. That's, that's capitalism in its purest form. You know, that, that's, the, that's why there's the old saying of you get what you pay for. That's pretty fucking evident. I, I don't know what else to say. It's just, it's funny to me to watch. Like, I just sit there and I'm like, you guys act like you think you're getting a win out of this, but you're, it's, not, it's not a fucking win. I'm sorry. Activision is getting the win out of you. If you think you're winning, you're not. Unless you can get the rest of the Call of Duty Duty community, which is hundreds of thousands of people, to stop logging in and playing, it's not going to happen. Unless you can stop yourself from buying and playing Diablo 4, it's not going to happen. They don't care. They don't give a shit. And that's sure shit not going to happen. Diablo 4 is the most, was the fastest selling game in the franchise. It's the fastest selling (laughs) game in Diablo entirely and i sat there going yeah there's no fucking hope for this community there's no fucking hope for activision players you guys will give into anything you'll buy anything you'll 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 go along with whatever they say so long as it's a franchise you love it's not a like i'm trying to say this so like i'm sounding i'm sounding extremely condescending but i want i want to reiterate like you're doing what you want but you're, you're voting with your wallet as well so you have to understand that I know that on, on a lot of people's end, like they're not saying, Hey, I'm, I'm encouraging Activision's behavior. I'm supporting the developers that work on it. And I totally get that. That's a legitimate, that's a legitimate comment, but Activision doesn't think like that. They don't think like you do. So they see the money coming in thinking, Oh, it's okay. If we do this, it's okay. If we do that, it's okay. If we screw over our entire community, it doesn't matter because they still give us money. So you have to understand that a big company doesn't see it that way. They don't, they don't think about your moral compass. Or that you're specifically just trying to support the developers. They don't give a shit. They don't see it that way. They don't connect on that level. They just see money, 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 money. And on Activision's end, as a business, all they see is that, oh, people are fine with it. So we can just continue to act like a piece of shit. And no one cares. 
Do you see where I'm going with this? Do you understand what I'm trying to get across? I mean, just think about this for Bungie. If if every PvP player for for Destiny were to just suddenly drop off and stop playing the game entirely, just said, fuck it, I'm out. Do you think Bungie would put as, as many resources as they have and all the money that they've been making on the PvP crowd into Marathon still? Or do you think that they turn around and finally give you guys a fucking map? For four fucking years, you guys haven't gotten a new map. Four years, you haven't gotten any really new, new content. They don't cater to you at all, and yet you still keep giving them money because you kind of have to in, or, in order for you to play online and play multiplayer. That's bullshit. But they don't give a shit because they keep making money. I mean, like I said, they keep making money hand over fist. Like I said, I understand that you want to play this, and I understand that this is the game you want to play. But at some point, you got to draw a line in the sand. Yeah, I mean, do you think I, do you think I don't want to play Diablo 4? I would love to play Diablo 4. But I refuse to give that company my money because they are just awful. Hell, I won't even give Bungie my full amount of money for what their products come out. There's a reason why I use CD keys. Now, I honestly still can't justify that because even with the CD key prices, I'm not getting what I deserve, in my opinion, from the fucking season passes. This is shit. So I'm going to stop playing. I don't care that the final shape is coming. I don't give a shit. I am out. I'm done. And given how Bungie has treated this entire franchise, I'm not going to trust them with their next product, so I'm not even going to give Marathon a fucking chance. I'm not even going to give them a chance on their, their PvE project that they're working on on the side. I mean, basically what they're doing is they're taking Destiny and splitting it up into two different games is the idea. Uh, that's not generally, genuinely what they're doing, but that's exactly how it feels. And I'm going, well, I'm not going to give you guys a chance because you fucked this over completely, So, which is unfortunate. I do have friends that play Destiny. I have a clan that plays Destiny still. But at the same time, I'm not getting anything out of it anymore. The only thing I'm getting out of it is playing with my friends and camaraderie that way. But the game sucks. I'm not having fun. I don't want to spend any more money. So I'm out on this. I'm out on the next project. I, I'm done. I'm not a fan of Bungie anymore. And I already treat Activision the same way. I, I don't get excited for their new projects. They, I don't get excited for a lot of the stuff that they do. And I buy, if I buy a game from them, I try to get it on the lowest possible price ever. So that they make as little money as possible. I'll, sometimes I'll wait years now to buy a game. Did that with Diablo 2. But I can't in good conscience give them money off the bat for a brand new release. Do I make a difference in, in Activision's eyes? Clearly not. But it's my own line in the sand. And that's it. It's, it's my own line in the sand. So unless you can't figure, if you guys don't have a line in the sand... If there is no line in the sand for you and when you'll just give up and stop, then really complaining doesn't do anything. You're, you're complaining for something that you've complained about time and time again. And I'm sorry, but I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for gamers who continue to give these companies money and continue to complain about them all the time. I mean, you're, you're literally feeding the monster that you hate. Now, I don't think that makes you a bad person. I think that, I think that you just you, you see something that you like and you want to play it. Just like anybody, just like anybody who, who wasn't going to give in to the Hogwarts, you know, boycott bullshit. You, you saw a game, you wanted to play it. Didn't make you a bad person, just meant you wanted to play a game. Okay, it's the same here. But at this point, you, you kind of can't be surprised when this company in particular, or any company in reality, fucks you over. I mean, you can complain about it, but if, it, if it's not changing and, and then they've done it over and over and over again... Eventually, you're just having an exercise in insanity.
Now, the rest of the guys might feel differently. They might go and play it. They might go and buy it. Goes on sale tomorrow, 10 bucks off or something like that. Maybe they'll buy it. Who knows? Do you think I'm going to sit there and tell them you're an awful person for doing that? Fuck no. That's ridiculous. That would be insanity. So you're not an awful person for playing Activision. Just know what you're getting into. If you buy an Activision game, if, you, if, you're, if you're buying their content, they're going to fuck you over regardless. As so long as you're okay with that and, you, and you're aware that it's going to happen, then that's fine. Yeah. Don't bitch about it if you're going to contribute to the cuts. Yeah. Just is what it is. And listeners, I take the same stance on anybody who plays a Ubisoft game and is surprised by the shit they pull. You can complain. They're not going to change. And if you keep buying their games, you're just contributing. It's time just to understand that. Doesn't mean you're making a political statement. Doesn't mean you're making a moral statement for yourself. It just means that you should know what you're getting into at this point. And you should be aware of it. And not shocked when you get screwed. You know, think of it like politics. If you vote for only one party all the time, every time, without looking at any policies of that of that particular politician, and they screw you over, it's your own fault. You voted for it. You put this person in. You got screwed. And it was because you weren't paying attention. And if you're one of the people that say, well, what if I didn't vote for it? Okay. Then you're one of the minority that didn't contribute it to it or contribute to it. Congratulations. It didn't affect anything in the outcome regardless. And everyone else wanted this. It's the same thing with gaming. It's the same thing with anything else. If everybody else buys a product, then, and you don't, well, then you're the minority. But here's the upside. If you didn't buy it, you don't get screwed. Doesn't work out so well, so well for, politi- for politics, but <laughs> that's a completely different conversation. Now, does, does that mean that all complaining should never, like, you should just stop complaining entirely? No, there are certain things you complain about. I mean, there's legitimate stuff that I think that can be changed in a game that you can bring to a developer's attention. And if there's enough people who say who feel the same way, a developer will probably enact it. That's not going to change their monetization practices or how they treat their customers, how they treat other people, how they treat their employees or anything like that. But if it makes the game better, then great. I mean, we we complain about stuff like that in Destiny all the time about the fact like there are certain things that need to be changed. You know, you shouldn't have to do a ridiculous task in order to accomplish, you know, the, the rest of a mission, you know, like go here, go talk to this person. Now go to the hollow, like to the, to the hollow, whatever it is, the hollow projector, and then go back and talk to the same person again. Like it's fucking retarded. Like that's just, that's redundancy that doesn't need to be there. Go and see, like in this case for this season, go and see Sloan. Okay. I went and saw Sloan. Watch this stupid little cutscene. Okay. I watched the stupid little cutscene. Oh, now go back to the hollow projector to talk to Sloan. I was just talking to her why do i have to go somewhere else why were you so lazy as a developer and this is on bungie why were you so lazy a developer you couldn't have just done this here right like this doesn't make any sense oh not to mention you have a comm system that they can talk to you anywhere they could yeah they could talk to you over the earpiece yeah (laughs) it's just it's just heaven forbid you you know handle a conversation just over that yeah, it just comes across as just dumb when it, when it happens. And that's the thing that drives me nuts. Now, do, do I complain about, am I going to keep complaining about the fact that, yeah, it's just another season. It feels like it's just going through the motions and it's, 
not to me it's not very entertaining everybody keeps talking about how how like i've heard tons of people who love it they think that's fantastic and i think that the whole grabbing bubbles for air thing is fucking dumb as shit because grabbing the bubbles for air doesn't create air pressure and you're in a fucking pressurized suit that's used for going through space you can walk on the goddamn moon and apparently it can't go underwater that's amazing uh i realize that you know space is different than than pressurized water but i mean seriously like this is the future your your spacesuit can't do anything just zero <laughs> it makes of, zero fucking sense kind of reminds me of that episode of futurama when they're uh they're getting dragged under by the giant squid yeah uh, how many atmospheres can this handle well it's a spaceship so anywhere between zero and one yeah <laughs> i just sat there i'm like this is dumb like but at the same time I kind of expected yeah. it. The activity, the uh, the uh, activity that they you know group you up with. I think it's like six people yeah. or whatever. That's that kind of cool, yeah. To a degree, I mean, it's you know, it's something new-ish. Uh, yeah, it has has but, basic similar mechanics, yeah, other, but it has but it's different enough for you to be entertained. Yeah, yeah, because I fully expected going into it to for it to be bringing back and forcing us to go into gambit. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, yeah. this is gonna fucking suck," and it didn't do that. So I was like, "I'm actually pleasantly surprised." Yeah, that's <laughs> but a good point. that was about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we didn't even get, we didn't even get Titan back. It's just an. It's activity. just an activity that somehow takes place on anything. Titan, yeah. and for some reason, you needed to have practically the full Titan Titan uh, planet installed just for the opening level, because. <laughs> That doesn't happen again. Uh, feel it feels largely like a waste, you know, when when stuff like that happens. But yeah. here's the thing, listeners: we got to the point before this season had ever dropped. Of yeah, we're kind of expecting it to be just some of the same, like more of the same, just kind of crap. Yeah, the only reason we bought into the, this time around is the. Uh... Beyond Light expansion, um, which we ex- was it we expected so like much it more. It could from that. be cool. Yeah. yeah, it looked like it could be cool. It looked like it might be a lot of fun, and it really missed the mark. And we we've covered yeah. that before. So we yeah we bought a DLC we, that we, we were, were expecting. Much, we were expecting a full expansion. We bought a DLC that came that that we for a, a really good price. Well, I will say that. We had gotten the the yeah. extra seasonal content and listeners. We, if you want to know how how we got that, was uh, cdkeys.com. Um, we we had gone through that to get that, so we paid a fraction of what everyone else was paying. So our festivity levels aren't nearly as high as they could be if we had paid full price and this was all we got. But here's the thing: if we were so mad, if we were if we were as mad as we could have been. For that price at the same time we can't be mad because seasonal like seasonal wise it's still more of the same and that's kind of what what we should have expected like we shouldn't have expected too much of a difference too much change and we and that's why we're like or partially we're, we're sort, of, sort of pleasantly surprised with some of the activities in this one because it's very different from what we've what we've had which is nice um i don't appreciate being turned into sonic and having to grab bubbles for air uh underwater i think that's right. fucking dumb but um, regardless of that, in in listeners, the reason why I said is because I I kind of feel it's a missed opportunity. It would have been nice to have created some kind of underwater segments for the game, where which 
with levels that didn't suck, you know, forcing us to go on a mission to actually, you know, find something to equip on our armor, or maybe it's the relic for the season that would force us to be able to, or to, to modify our, our armor to be able to use underwater or well, under uh, the ocean of uh, Titan, where you could actually have water, like right. underwater combat where they give you specialty weapons that only work underwater or stuff like that, that would have been kind of cool to deal with because that would have created a new scenario that we had to work with and work around. But no, that's not what we got. And that's, you know, that's fine. It is what it is. Um, But we don't recommend anybody buy it. That's the thing. Like we're, we, we don't actively play all the time uh, (laughs) for a reason. No, no. Yeah. You you were you were more pissed than I was in the grand scheme of things for for this this round. Uh, I like I'm resigned myself to I'm just getting what I paid for and you know probably a good call it there. That's fair. And then yeah. they turned around and then they turned around and did the whole Cade reveal. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. 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 The uh, like we we kind of like we had kind of well we had, we had resigned the fact that we're like we're not gonna we're not gonna keep playing like we're not gonna keep going. Uh, into the into the series and then they showed off Kate and we're like god damn seriously the one the one character that could possibly bring us back is finally coming back and they waited till the very end to do it god that is cheap bungee that's fucking that's you bastards it's it's yeah it's clever uh, dick, move, dick move but it's clever yeah uh, and it's being and he's being voiced by I Nathan still, I still maybe yeah, I still may be done with it. I don't know. We'll see. I think I'm done. I think if I want to know more about the story, I'm just going to go to my name is Bife, which listeners, if you have, if you haven't been paying attention to anything that we've done, we've talked about in the past. My name is Bife is a uh, channel on YouTube. You should check out his stuff. He goes through all of the lore of Destiny and he breaks it down on everything. I mean, the guy literally does more for Destiny and their storytelling than Bungie does. Uh and I'm not exaggerating. Um, you know, not to say that Destiny doesn't do anything for their lore. Their lore writers have been doing a good job, but they are the overall Bungie does a terrible job of telling any of that stories or any of those stories. Doesn't doesn't tell you really anything in the grand scheme of things. Unfortunately, I get the feeling like I always feel like Bungie relies too much on people like him to tell their stories for them. And the reason I feel that way is because of the lore that they always pack in with weapons, ships, stuff like that. And Bife goes literally goes through and pieces this stuff together to have a cohesive backstory for certain events and certain things that have taken place before that kind of give you more context in what's happening now. And when that happens, you, you get a much more, a much greater appreciation for the lore that is involved in destiny. But unfortunately you had to go to a different source in order to get that. You had to go, go to somebody who had to piece that stuff together just so you have a cohesive story and gives you more in the background. Now, not even fucking Diablo does that shit. Like I can go into Diablo, understand the story, watch the story, experience it. And from start to finish, I understand what happens. I understand what took place. Do they have extra things you can go into? Yeah, absolutely. They have lore you can read and stuff like that. That's all in the game. And I don't have to piece that shit together myself and events and timelines just to figure it out. 
Oh, dude, I, I laughed my ass off when I, I saw them advertise buying physical lore cards. I was like, fuck you, Dino yeah. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's nuts. So, but what, what I'm getting at, listeners, is the fact that uh, in reality, like, I'm getting, I'm getting what I paid for. I shouldn't, I shouldn't really have anything to complain about because in, in reality, I, I don't. As much as I want to complain about shit and the fact that Bungie doesn't change, I should have known better on my end and I should have expected it. So that's on me. That's my fault. You know, lesson learned, take the L, you know, learn from it and move on. Don't, don't keep contributing to it. I've decided I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to give them money anymore. I'm done. So I look forward to hearing from Bife on, on the ending for all of destiny, but I have zero desire to continue it. I mean, literally the only reason why I'm jumping into the game at this point is to help out miles because at this point, since I've, since I've resided to, I'm not going to continue this journey anymore. I'm not going to continue with the DLC. There's no reason for me to care about exotics. There's no reason for me to continue to jump back in. There's no reason for me to even care about the season passes. So I'm going to help him get the most out of, out of the season that he can. And that's it. Do I expect my sudden dropping of the game? Oh my gosh. Like some Twitch streamer who's, you know, uninstalling call of duty to make any kind of impact. No, of course not. That's fucking insane. That'd be stupid. Doesn't mean anything. Me leaving means nothing to Bungie. They're making shit tons of money. But for me, I'm just not going to contribute to that anymore. Doesn't make you a bad person if you want to continue to pay for it. Just don't be surprised by the company's practices. Don't be surprised by the things that they do. I mean, honestly, I, I could ask any Activision player out there right now. Are you really surprised that they dumped a streamer who said some common sense shit that in accordance to the, the idiots on Twitter, went against a protected class. You, can, can you really be surprised by that? You shouldn't be. <laughs> Guy said free Hong Kong and they fucking dis and blizzard disqualified him <laughs> for, for, for a fucking yeah. championship. Uh, yeah. After he, after won. he won. <laughs> yeah. Like this shouldn't surprise you at all. And yet nobody stopped playing. Nobody stopped, stopped playing their games. Nobody stopped signing in. There was a lot of mass outcry, but that was about as far as it went. Yeah. I mean, we got some insight that, you know, at the least at the time, a lot of uh, blizzard employees didn't agree with how, you know, the company was being handled. Yeah. And I think that that's, um, so I think that's constantly true. Yeah. Protests, but that's kind of fallen by the wayside. So yeah, I think, you know, either they all left or they've, they're complacent with it now. Yeah. So. They're they're. I would imagine that a lot of them are just in the same place that most people are of. I need to collect a paycheck still. Uh, I can be mad at my yeah. company as much uh, as I especially want. Especially in California. Yeah. <laughs> I can be mad at the company I work for as much as I want, but I still have to collect a paycheck. So there's not a whole lot I can do with it. I mean, most of them kind of stayed, uh, masked or and stuff like that, so they couldn't be identified anyways when that shit was going down because they didn't want to. They they basically yeah. just didn't want to be seen and didn't want to be ostracized and fired. Um, it's completely understandable. I mean, re yeah. recently Blizzard's fired a guy just because he he put a joke in there that was an inside joke for people to snicker at that's been around forever the the loot goblin, and he he put that in uh, 
it was recently introduced, I think, in World of Warcraft. And Activision apparently, even after it was approved and seen by the and seen by the higher ups, they fired him because they were like, "Oh, this makes us this makes us look bad because it basically makes us look like a greedy company." You are a greedy company. <laughs> like, it's. I'm sorry, everybody knows that it's. It's not going to change. It's not going to change your player base. Your player base is still going to be playing your game. So why why did you fire this guy? He did his job. Just because it was a little bit of tongue in cheek humor. Wow, that's an overreaction if I ever saw one. But okay. So yeah, I it, nobody. It, what's funny is that happened and nobody boycotted over that. Nobody boycotted for the guy who lost his job for doing his job. I mean, listeners, are you starting to see why I don't have a whole lot of respect for a lot of Activision players? Because they there is no line in the sand for them. There's there's no line in the sand whatsoever. And if one of them suddenly grew a spine and quit the game entirely because of all of this stuff going on, I would be absolutely shocked. It's not shocking when a Twitch player drops out. Why? Because they do it for clout. You know, they get more viewers because they do that shit. Are there viewers playing Call of Duty? No, they're watching Twitch. So it doesn't fucking matter. Those people do not equal the numbers. So again, like it, no one's going to boycott over this guy losing. No, one, no one's really going to boycott over this guy losing his deal. Sorry. And even YouTubers are, have been guilty of this lately. They like the, the media has been acting like, oh my gosh, it's bringing down the, the call of duty uh, empires collapsing. No, this past week they had a peak player count of 813,000 people for the past seven days. The lowest of that or for the entire week was 767,000 people playing. So do you think Activision is sweating the numbers? Hate to bring you back to reality, but Activision doesn't give a shit. They give a shit less than anybody else. (laughs) So I understand why you guys play your play your games. I understand why you guys still sign in and and why the boycotts don't work because there's no boycott. Listeners, there's all there's all a bit of hypocrisy within any within all of us. And I know I, I talked down on on Activision players, but I have a lot. I have a lot less respect for Activision players just because of the fact that this happens to you guys more than anybody. <laughs> I, think, I think next to EA players and you guys still come back. It's like it's like the Madden players were for EA. And I know we're going to be going long on this. Like I said, it's going to be a long one, but it's like the Madden players for EA that just doesn't matter how badly they treat you, how shitty their fucking game is, how how it's just an update from the previous game. Fuck, you guys have bought games that are literally just the same game it was without even an update to artwork and stadiums. And they called it the next year. And all they did was just add a few new players and change, you know, change over whatever names they needed to stuff like that. Updated stats. And they charged you 60 bucks and you still bought it. And you still bought it. And and as much as there was outrage over it and how they got called out for it and everything like that, it didn't change the fact that it still existed and still took place and continued to take place afterwards. And nobody called it out afterwards and still bought the game. So EA sees those numbers and goes, yeah, well, it doesn't fucking matter <laughs> apparently because people still buy our game. It's the same thing for Activision, the same thing for any company. Like when, when they see, when they see their customer base as just being shills for them. I mean, just, just an hour ago, they had 109,000 people online playing 
for 30 days, the past 30 days, I should say, they've had over 7 million players. There's nobody boycotting this. That's fucking hilarious. So why the fuck should Activision care about a Twitch streamer leaving? Their viewers weren't playing to begin with. Can I respect myself when I sit there and I fucking continue to buy Destiny? No, I have zero respect for myself in that. Are you kidding me? Like, like, yeah, I'm doing the exact fucking thing. Same thing. So, so if you don't think I get it, I absolutely get it. But the difference is, is that at least I'm putting a line in the sand and saying, I'm done. Line has to be drawn here. No further. I'm out. And you need to figure out where your line is. And if you're listening to this and thinking this guy's an asshole, well, you might be right. But here's the thing. Being honest and is often perceived as just being an asshole. And at least I know that if I continue to buy that product, I'm just doing it to myself at this point. I'm punishing myself and contributing to their practices, these business practices that they do, if I continue to buy that product. So I'm not going to. They're just going to keep doing business as usual so long as you keep buying their products. That's, that's how that works. And y'all act like they, they need to issue an apology. Apologies mean nothing to a company. They could do it tomorrow. Wouldn't change a thing. I mean, let's say they came back and said, all right, we're sorry to Nick Merckx. We're going to bring back all of his merchandise and everything like that. Would you guys just be like, all right, well, yeah, it's fine. (laughs) The company doesn't change. They don't change any of their ways. They don't become a better company for it. They don't do anything about it. It's like, it's the equivalent of like Activision. Like we're going to be a better company for you. Are you? Hello, I'm Tony Hayward, president and CEO of BP. Our accidental drilling spill again in the Gulf is a tragedy that should have never happened. And to all those affected, I want to say, we are deeply sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. Sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. Sorry. We're sorry. I'm deeply sorry. Sorry. Or, you know, Ubisoft saying the same thing. Ubisoft has said that how many fucking times? I mean, Jesus Christ, we keep getting all these apology letters now. It's like the years of apologies from, from these developers and publishers. And nothing changes. They don't get any better. They just continue to do the same shit. Oh, it's okay. He only hits me when he's drunk. <laughs> We're all a bunch of battered spouses. It's, it's my fault. I brought it on myself it's for not my... having dinner ready when I got home from work. One of, one of my uh, one of my coworkers bought. Uh, speaking of Madden, he did exactly what you said. He bought the new one, and he's like, "Yeah, man, they didn't update any of the assets. They they only changed around names, added new players, and whatever." And I started doing the exact same thing. I was like, "Yeah," and I'm. Assuming EA only hits you when you really deserve it, right? <laughs> what? I was like, you do realize like what you sound like, right? Yeah. We're like Did he hit you or did you trip and fall into the doorknob? Yeah, like, like listeners, I'm gonna sound a little bit of like a like a little bit of a hypocrite here because like I know I'm calling myself out on everything like that, and I know I've battered the shit out of out of Activision fans. But I like again, I that's why I've tried to repeat over the like over this entire thing. Like, I get it. I know why you do it. I just don't know why you why you're surprised when it happens. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not at this point, I'm not surprised anytime I get screwed over now. No, it, it's I fully expect it. Yeah. 
there's games that I buy that every time they come out and suck, and I'm like, well, I should have seen that coming. Yeah, it's the it's you know what it reminds me of. It reminds me of Ubisoft back when Ubisoft said. Uh, and Miles, you'll remember this. We brought this up on the podcast multiple times in the past. Back when Ubisoft made that ridiculous statement that they would never charge for DLC that continued the story of any of their games. Yeah. And they immediately did that for, for the next Assassin's Creed. Yeah, it was, I th- uh, it was Origins, I think. Was it Origins? I just, yeah, I just remember they-, they made that statement and they got they got because they got hell for it in the previous one. And then they yeah, they got they made they got called out on it for Unity, and then I think yeah. followed it up with uh, Origins, and then you didn't get the actual ending unless you bought the DLC. Yeah, and uh, and it's hysterical because they made they made this statement, and then people tried to act like it never like they never did it. They never hap- It never happened. Ubisoft even tried to act like they never made that statement. God damn! Like we still had the quote. Fuck some pe- Some of us still had the video of them doing it. Of them right. making the, the making the statement. So yeah, I mean, it was the fucking president of the goddamn company. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that that happened. Uh, I still remember like when uh, when we were on Facebook that one time, and you had been or you jumped in and made a comment towards Ubisoft because I think in uh, I think it was the next uh, AC, the Assassin's Creed Odyssey. You had brought up the fact that they had made that statement, and. And you turn around, you said you guys reneged on it. You guys reneged on it again on this. You you reneged on it on Origins. Like you basically just called them out on their on their bullshit. And somebody replied to you and said, they never made that because you cite a source and you had it like on the spot. It was just right then. (laughs) And you basically like put it right there. You're like, yeah, what the fuck else you got? Yeah. Try and tell me this never happened. The craziest part about it is that, that their fans kept coming back and were surprised that Ubisoft continued to do it. Yeah. Like every time, every time a new game came out, they were surprised that like, I can't believe you'd do this for the DLC. Like, uh, when, um, uh, AC, uh, Odyssey came out and they did the uh, DLC where you're, you're supposed to have, ends up creating a progenitor and you, they forced, uh, is it, uh, Cassandra? Yeah. Is that her name? Yeah. Sorry, listeners. I don't remember the guy because I never played as him. They forced her, like, if it didn't matter what you choice, what your choice was as a protagonist, if they were, you know, you know, gay or not in a relationship or anything like that, they forced you into one. And people were like, what? Like, I, this isn't what I, what I wanted. This isn't what, I, what my choice was. And they tried to create some bullshit reasoning around why they did it that didn't even line up with a story. And I was like, well, that, that goes, go, you know, just goes to figure like, they're just going to do, they're just going to go back on anything they say. And people were still, were still surprised by it. It's a, yeah, it was a shit deal. I get that. And it was a terror. It was a dumb thing for them to do, but at the same time, can you really be shocked? No. And I don't know. I don't know if fans at this point are really shocked about it or if they're just trying to voice their opinion any way they can in hopes that at some point these developers and publishers will listen. Yeah, I don't think I've paid for a uh, Ubisoft DLC since uh, The Division, the first one. Mm. But for the longest time, I would still uh, get you know Ubisoft games because I could rely on the game being fun for the most part. 
and uh, after Valhalla, good. <laughs> <laughs> after Valhalla, it was fucking snooze fest. After you made it thirty percent of the way through it, yeah, I was like, all right, I'm I'm might be done with this series since uh, they they are completely out of touch with it. <laughs> I am I was amazed you stuck with it for so long. It was one of my favorite. It was one of my favorite I get franchises. It, yeah. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I, I played all of them, at, uh, with the exception of Rogue and uh, and finishing Odyssey. But we all know reason why I didn't finish Odyssey. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, you know, I I owned Odyssey because of, you know you were I was allowed to Spartan kick people off off of fucking cliffs. That was the greatest thing this game. about that game. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was the whole reason why I bought that game. Um, yeah, listeners, I paid sixty dollars to Spartan kick people. That was it. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I, like I, I had already, I, at that point I had already sworn off like basically pretty much every Ubisoft game. Like I didn't care about anything after that, like nothing didn't care. Didn't really want to play. Didn't really want to play the division Two play or got it because, you know, miles is getting it. And, uh, he was like, all right, well, we'll, we'll get online and it's, it's good to have co-op. Um, we had already we had already played a uh, Ghost Recon, or we we eventually played Ghost Recon uh, Wildlands, um, because that went on uh, on a deep deep discount sale, and we we're like, all right, well, it'll be fun to play online. And for the most part, with the exception of uh, bad not AI. being able to go, yeah, bad <laughs> AI, and not being able to go stealth anywhere with Justin, um, <laughs> it was it was it was a fun time. But was it a good game? No, not really. I mean, I'm I'm glad we were really glad we didn't pay full price for it. Uh, but by the time the next one came out, came out, I had zero interest in it. No, no, no want to ever buy it. Still haven't played it. Don't really care. Uh, Breakpoint just doesn't interest me at all. Um, and pretty much no Ubisoft game interests me at this point. Like they keep coming out with games, and I just keep looking at them, going, "All right, well, you know, call me back when you ha- call me back when you have Splinter Cell again." Call me back when you actually have something worth worth my time. Yeah, the last Ubisoft game I remember playing was probably Black Flag. Yeah. And I haven't feel felt like I missed anything. Not really. In all honesty. So yeah, I'm in out. the same boat with you. Give me another uh give me another Splinter Cell. Yeah. Or uh a new Ghost Recon that's not set in South America fighting cartels because yeah. that shit uh, got old. Or if they ever actually fucking follow through with uh, Dead or Alive. <laughs> it means Beyond Good and Evil 2. Yeah. I don't think that I don't think that game's ever coming out. Most likely. Enough harping on that, listeners, but uh, I, I hope I've gotten my my convoluted, hyperbolic, hypocritical <laughs> uh, opinion across of uh this shit will the 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 none of this shit changes unless you actually kind of just Put your foot down and say the line has to be drawn here no further and that's not going to happen until fans actually say e- even if it does hurt the developers and i know it's going to hurt the developers more than it will the company initially but at the same time you got to start telling these companies like look i'm not going to give you a goddamn cent till you change until you stop doing this shit we're done and if that ha- if if that does happen over this i'm going to be wondering where the hell the call of duty like call of duty community has been for years like why haven't you guys been doing this sooner? But if it does happen, awesome. Finally, you guys put your foot down. 
but I doubt it. I seriously doubt it will, it will even make a dent because ever since this contra- controversy happened, their numbers haven't changed. I've looked at their, I've looked at their player count daily. Their daily player counts pretty much the same as it was. It hasn't changed for weeks. You know, it's off by a percentage or two. That's it. You know, all these companies are, all, all these companies are completely out of touch. They're completely out of touch with their, their audience. Some of the things, things they say are so out of touch that it makes you wonder how the fuck they're making any money or how, how they're even in this industry. Take Two's CEO had made a couple of statements and explained that uh, AI, while it's it's going to be a great tool, that's all, that's all he sees it as right now is it's going to be a great tool, and it can't it can't really create anything. You know, it's uh, he he believes that only genius can come from the can, can come from human beings right now, and uh, that it's a nice you know while people gave him a lot of credit and like oh it's such a great sentiment like ah. He pointed out a he pointed out just a current truth for all the all industry of because it can't be utilized for other things. AI is just what is just a tool right now. Yes, because human beings have to do all this other stuff. So he acknowledged the fact that he needs his human employees to continue to make his product. That's that's not something to be applauded, guys. That's that's just somebody who who sees the world as it is, Uh, because I guarantee you the second AI can do anything one of his human workers can do that person's gone and that ai is in to stay that is the truth for every industry the moment an ai can do any of your jobs you're gone and this is why i picked a job that can't be done by computers yet (laughs) robotics robotics aren't there yet i'd like to see it Robotics aren't there yet. That's the thing. I seriously like, that's, that's really that's really the thing that Josiah has has in the bag of the fact like robotics are not significant or not uh, intricate enough to do his job. Because if an a- if an AI could learn to do your job precision wise, I guarantee you it would replace you in a day. Oh no, I'm not arguing that. But it has to have something in order to implement it, which would be robotics. Robotics aren't there. Thankfully, and like I <laughs> and said, robotics won't be there for quite some time. When when you get a robot that can do what I do, mm. I will gladly give up my job. <laughs> I mean, they already <laughs> make robots that can suck dick. <laughs> In Japan, yes, that's more a hobby than a job. <laughs> they probably have more OnlyFans subscribers too. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> That's yeah, how the, DARPA the, gets a lot of its funding. <laughs> yeah. The, the the funny thing is like the, the amount of people that I've seen sit there and say, like, oh, AI is fine, AI is just gonna be a tool. Uh it's not gonna stay that way forever, guys. Not. It's just not. That's that's just the way things will end up. Eventually AI will be able to do many jobs that were once done by people, and you'll just watch that that kind of field deteriorate into it's just done by a computer. And I know we go over this all the time, but have none of these people watched Terminator <laughs> <laughs> or read any sci-fi story ever? Yeah, I, this is a terrible fucking. I, 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 I honestly, listeners, I honestly don't think you'll ever see a, a Skynet situation. I don't think that that uh, AI will go to the point of like destroying all mankind. I think we'll do that to ourselves. Um, but I think that I do think that AI will it will phase us out. We will become obsolete as people like as, as necessary workers for a lot of industries, we will not be needed anymore. And that's just, that's the consequence of, of what's, you know, what progress and technology is. 
I mean, really, the scary one isn't Terminator. The scary one was uh, System Shock. Yeah. I feel like that's a, a much more realistic take on why AI might be a bad idea on a wide scale. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're maybe, not necessary anymore, but I'm going to augment you until you are. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. I just, <laughs> uh, but anyways, like that, that like it wasn't like that wasn't necessarily really a bad take from him. I mean, again, I think people are kind of overdoing it with the praise of like, Oh, he's, he's saying such great things. He's, he's living in a reality of my employees are currently necessary. So yeah, the, the AI is just going to be used as a tool for now. And that's just the way it is. So he, he was pointing out just, just reality, uh, <laughs> a fact, um, of, I need people in order to do, in order to make the products that, that make me money. I have to have people. Okay, great. The thing that was a bad take from him was the fact that he didn't think that $70 games was making an impact on any of the industry and uh, any of their sales. And instead said that while they weren't seeing any pushback, he actually thinks gamers are happy to pay $70 for the games now. And uh, said, what we're seeing is consumers are seeking to limit their spending, limit their spending by going either to the stuff they really, really care about, blockbusters, or to value, and sometimes it, it it could it could be both. So what you're saying is that because people see seventy dollars as a price tag, they look for things that aren't seventy dollars, or they limit the amount of things that they spend seventy dollars on. That would be called pushback. That would be called limiting your sales because of the price increase. People are looking for something with better value. Instead of just paying seventy dollars, because when when <laughs> because <laughs> if it's going to cost you seventy dollars instead of sixty dollars, that's ten dollars more per game over a year. Or let's say let's say you bought <laughs> let's say you buy seven games a year. If you're going at seventy dollars, let's do the math. That's, that's, that's $70 more for, for that extra game. So instead of buying that extra game, they're going to cut back and go to, oh, instead of buying seven games, I'm going to buy six so that I can keep my costs relatively the same. Huh? It's almost like they're trying to save money, but no, according to him, that's not pushback. What a, that's a hilariously stupid statement. Like, dude, aren't you run a business? <laughs> and also let's not forget the fact that most games come with season passes or battle passes or anything. So saying that a game is only $70 isn't a complete, you know, that that's not really the truth. Most games by the end of it are coming out to 100, 150 a piece. Yeah, if you weren't seeing pushback, then you guys wouldn't be immediately within within <laughs> within less than a month putting some of your games like I don't know uh, Marvel's, uh, midnight suns at a 33% discount from its original $70 price within a month of its release. If there was no pushback, that would never happen. Obviously you're not creating games worth buying at $70. So maybe we need to go to more of a pricing convention of what's worth $70. What's not instead of blanketing all of your products with it's a full fledged release at 70 bucks fucking jackass yeah, they turn around and charge an extra ten dollars 
And then they also got rid of the Q and A. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you, you want you, me to pay $10 more for something that's not tested broken. because you want yeah. me to test it. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened with Jedi, which I'm going to have a review for at the end of this. It's not good, listeners. <laughs> Just so you know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the review section because I feel like I'm going to be the only one that has a positive one. Maybe. <laughs> So this, this kind of like, and what's funny to me is I see this price increase and this kind of goes up with like, with what I, I experienced recently with going to movie theaters, movie theaters are raising prices uh, per ticket when people aren't going to the theater right now. Uh, this is their way of trying to compensate for what happened or what they, they credit to what happened with COVID in reality. I think it's a combination of what took place with COVID and then what Hollywood's been doing lately, which is not creating films worth seeing. Uh, I mean, that's evident just by look at Maverick. Maverick was absolutely worth seeing in the theaters. It was absolutely worth going to. It made a billion dollars. And it didn't have China to do it. <laughs> yeah, because it was a damn good movie. It was that good that people went and saw it and people wanted to see something that good. So. Now that now that we have even some films worth, you know, worth seen in in theaters like spider-man i went and saw spy i went and saw the new spider-verse movie that was great i had a great time i enjoyed it a lot was it worth the 21 dollars the most i have ever spent on a single ticket to see a film in my life was it worth 21 dollars no it was not it was not worth 21 dollars to see it in the theater you know packed with people was uh, the seats weren't that comfortable weren't 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 twenty one dollars comfortable and I gotta be honest I would have rather watched it at home as as great as it looks on the silver screen I would have rather watched it at home at twenty one bucks why because for the same or for actually less twenty bucks plus tax which is probably probably comes out to about the same I could have just watched it on streaming at home like most things if it was available. And that's the thing I see. I'm like, you know, if you, if you wait two weeks or so, eventually it's just available for watching on, on, you know, Fandango at home or whatever they have or or whatever they're going to use for a streaming service uh, through Vudu, Amazon, you name it. And when a rental, even though, yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting to buy the movie, but when a rental at that price is cheaper than going to the theater, then why should I go to the theater anymore? If the theater's yeah. going to cost me that much, fuck that. I'm going to stay home and enjoy myself, be able to use my snacks, be able to use anything I want to get, get a pizza, whatever. You know, it's going to be a cheaper night at home than it's going to be a cheaper night out at the movies because I still have to use gas. They still want us to buy their in theater concessions, which are ludicrously overpriced. It's like going to an airport to buy a soda. This doesn't make any sense. So theaters are, theaters are, are pricing themselves, essentially pricing themselves out of business. Like, these movie theaters are, are eventually going to fold simply because they're overpriced and it has nothing to do. And it's not going to have anything to do with, with there aren't enough movies coming out to want to see. There's going to be plenty of movies as we go forward that you're going to want to see, even with the writer's strike, actually with the writer's strike, you might get some better content <laughs> to be honest. Maybe <laughs> I stand by what I said. I said what I said. I meant it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it, 
somebody still has to create it. It's still Hollywood, so it's 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 a toss up. It's a very <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Bet it all on black, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Um, but I, I I love that that <laughs> these uh, these fucking big movie productions are like fuck it, we're just gonna make it anyways. <laughs> like you're very confident. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in in your point, uh, you know, sometimes it's not even a fucking rental. Like sometimes when it hits that point, it's it's already a purchase, and then you own the fucking movie. Yeah. It's like, and for cheaper than the fucking movie ticket. I'm like, why the fuck should I go out to a, a dingy, uncomfortable theater just to see this? Yeah, I, I, I sat there going, man, this is kind of like, it's kind of uncomfortable. The, the armrest was a joke. God, dude, my arm, like my, my broad fucking shoulders were in the other fucking seat. I felt terrible. Yeah, it's a bitch. Um, like it, I sat there, I was like, I sat next to, this lady and i was like i'm sorry she's like she goes it's okay i'm like I'm like i hate these fucking seats i realize listeners that like a lot of people a lot of people who are younger than us are like oh it's so much fun to go to the theater i used to think that way and i probably would still think that way if the prices weren't as high as they are i mean oh you went you went and saw it on opening night oh because you went and saw it on opening night it costs more why why does it cost more now than it does earlier in the day? Why does it cost more now than it does earlier in the week? If I went and saw this on a Monday night, it would still cost less than on a Friday night. Like this alternate ticket pricing for different nights without any quality improvements is fucking lunacy. And these movie theaters are going to, like I said, they're going to price themselves out of business. This is what happens. You're going to, you're going to raise your prices too high People are going to stop going. It's not going to be because the movies are, su- are sucking. It's not because of COVID. You can't blame that anymore. It's because you suck. <laughs> it's yeah. because nobody wants to put up with your bullshit. Uh, and some of it's some of it's society too. Like I, I can't tell you when the last time I managed to see a busy movie that didn't have you know crying children or a loud drunk or uh, people on their cell phones in front of me. Or in the case of Little Mermaid, people fighting in the audience because apparently it can't, you know, (laughs) you can't just watch a fucking movie. Yeah. So, like, why? Where was the fist fight? You didn't hear about that? No. Oh, dude, that happened several, apparently several times. That would have been so much more entertaining. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Metaphorically and and literally during the song. Uh, So, like, in the... So Under apparently, the in the Little Mermaid, like, there was a there was so there were several <laughs> there were several theaters that reported fist fights breaking out in the middle of the song "Under the Sea," like, and it was <laughs> it was weird. It was during that song every fucking time. Wow, I'm like, what what is it in like what is what's in that song that's so triggering? <laughs> that, that's it. I'm throwing fists. <laughs> that would have been so much more entertaining than the actual movie, right? Yeah, it makes no sense. Communist propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so quick review on that one since uh, I got dragged to that one. Um, I still can't believe she actually still wanted to see it. Not the, Ashley. Yeah, I am very grateful that you are are married to our friend Josiah. <laughs> However, your taste in movies is garbage. <laughs> but God bless you. <laughs> so. Not the worst live action 
remake. That Aladdin ex- still holds that one. I don't expect it to be the worst. I don't think anything can beat Aladdin on how bad that fucking movie was. I mean, I I watched that on Disney Plus, and I still wasn't happy. Yeah, I got dragged <laughs> to the theater for that one too, and we left and. She's like, what'd you think? I liked it. I was like, that was terrible. And I'm mad that I had to pay for it. I'm sure <laughs> I would be too. Um, this is coming at your page. I'm going to put this in the prenup. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one was sadly already after we were married. So <laughs> unless you can it just, it just goes on the divorce record of the things <laughs> that, like, that add up to it. Unless you can backdate a prenup. Yeah. <laughs> um i mean did have to deal with a, <laughs> it's just a contract <laughs> did have to deal with a lot of screaming children though so i i agree on that point i half the reason that i don't like going to the theater anymore is just yeah it's like you were saying there's always that one guy who's way too shit-faced to be in public yep um there's always screaming children uh the person next to me inevitably is always on their phone for half the movie yeah or they're talking loudly with like why do you go to a movie to have a conversation yeah i don't know and then i mean the bonus of streaming at home is i don't have to wear pants if i don't feel like it (laughs) so i just yeah i'll go to the theater for certain movies like i'm planning to relax yeah i mean i'm planning on going to the theater for dune when that comes out at the end of the year yeah i don't know because I fucked up by not seeing the first one <laughs> as, in theaters. As I, much as I loved the first movie, and as much as it was awesome to see see that in theaters, I don't think I care enough to see the second one in theaters. No, nah, no. Nah, and that's the thing. Like, keep in mind, this is with an asterisk. It was not at $21 a ticket. <laughs> right. But when I watched the first one last year when it hit streaming, my instant thought was, oh, I should have seen this in theaters. Yeah. So I'm hopefully going to make up for that with the second one. That's fair. Um, yeah. I mean, I've heard, I've heard from, from dozens of people who've seen it, who've seen little Mermaid. They're like, yeah, it's just okay. Um, I mean, I don't get wrong. I've, I know that like there, there's a lot of controversy around it and, Listeners, the thing you have to keep in mind is like the reason why people get so pissed off about race swapping and stuff like that is because it only happens one direction. Literally, it only happens one direction. And it's especially if you're a redhead, you are getting fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had never, never thought about that angle up until yeah. was it a couple weeks ago. Yeah, if if you're a ginger, you are getting screwed uh, because every every redhead character keeps getting replaced by uh, another person of a different race not necessarily all black people but just a different race and it's it makes no sense but it is very very evident that that is what's happening uh and part of like parts of the other reason is like especially when it's a beloved character if it's a character you've known if it's based off of another cartoon or it's based off of something else when that happens for for people watching it listeners they're watching it and going this isn't the character that i know this isn't the character that i love it's the same thing happens when it's a person playing a character that doesn't look like the character like when i watch solo i've still only seen that movie like twice and while the actor who plays han solo in it does a decent job he's a good actor he's not han solo it doesn't look like harrison ford he doesn't act like harrison ford i'm sorry he's not han solo uh, there was another actor out there in the world that looks and acts like Han or acts like uh, 
Harrison Ford, who had played a younger version of Harrison Ford in another movie. Uh, and uh, he wasn't chosen because the the producer had a crush on this guy. Literally, that's that's the story. Yeah, it, it's one of those things. I'm like, I don't see that as Han Solo. It's there's a reason why I'm not going to I'm not going to keep watching that. There's a reason why I don't want to see, you know, it's, it's, it goes along the same lines of, I don't want to see decrepit, decrepit, decrepit Indiana Jones. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see dial of destiny because the crystal skull was shit. And I consider there will only be three movies in the first place on top of that. It's being made by Disney who can't be trusted with any franchise anymore. Uh, it, that's, that's the reason why people get so pissed off because they know these characters for who they've seen and what they've grown up with. And when you change that too much, well, yeah, people get pissed off. They go, look, I, this is ridiculous. On top of that, you have people who are seeing through the veil of bullshit and going, look, you're just doing this for virtue signaling points. You're doing this to, to be able to say, oh, look at us. We're, we're diverse. When in reality, these companies don't actually care about that stuff. They're just trying to make it seem like they do. All virtue signal points. That's it. They just want to qualify for you know the Oscars or Academy Awards. Yeah, got to got to qualify for whatever award they they're they're doing. They got to get that ESG score up. It's not it's it's not a mystery. This isn't new. But I'm glad to see that there are a lot more people queuing in on that and suddenly realizing even people who used to disagree with all of us and call us bigots and racists and all that stuff are suddenly starting to realize, Oh, they've been right for years. And now it's okay to dunk on Disney. Now it's okay to dunk on, on star Wars. It's okay to dunk on the MCU because they're underperforming and they suck. Suddenly everyone else who is called racist bigots, you know, homophobes, all that stuff are not anymore. Because we saw that for years. Like listeners, don't get me wrong. Years back, I, I can't remember how long ago. Like we did a podcast where I like, where I talked about toxic, fi- you know, toxic fandom and stuff like that in Star Wars. Because I started to buy into that bullshit, and then I suddenly had this realization of like, actually, no, these people are, have a legitimate complaint. Like it's it, th- there's just as much a legitimate complaint for somebody who doesn't like the new Star Wars as somebody who does like the new Star Wars. Of it's okay for somebody to not like it for what it is and what it's turned into because of what they knew and what they what they wanted to see. And it's okay for somebody to like it because they don't know any better or that's not what they were looking for or it never really mattered that much to them. It's just a movie. It's just a story. It's just something they wanted to see. It's just something they enjoy. Both are fine. But as a fan of as a fan of other things, it's the equivalent of when somebody hears somebody who's never been a fan of a certain franchise before and suddenly a fan now, when they hear their opinion, they kind of just just go, well, your opinion doesn't matter to me because you don't like this stuff. The same thing happens with other things like like uh, Transformers for me. If somebody tells me that they were never a G1 fan or they were never into it, well, then your your opinion's not valid, in my opinion, for me. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it's not valid for me. Does that make sense? Like I, I won't listen to you as a valid, as a valid authority on whether or not something's good in the current Transformers if you didn't like anything that came before that. <laughs> you know, uh, the same thing happens with a uh, uh, Legacy Killer because he he talked about uh, Diablo Four and he talks about how great it is and how much he enjoys it. 
he made the statement while he was talking about it and how great it was. And then turns around and says, I was never a fan of the Diablo franchise before. And I went, well, then your opinion, I immediately went, well, then your opinion means nothing to me. Yeah. If you never cared, if you never cared or was a fan of the franchise before, then you saying you like Diablo four means nothing because yeah. that means that you never cared about the franchise to begin with. So this is the first game you've actually liked. Well, okay. Why should yeah, I listen to you about anything? <laughs> I ran into the same thing with like uh, Assassin's Creed, where like somebody yeah. goes like, "Oh, uh, you know, Odyssey is the best out of the series," and they've never played anything prior to that. I'm like, yeah, then you haven't played Assassin's Creed. So yeah, well, when, <laughs> I, we, we've we've run into that all the time. We, I fucking people who uh, who play Mass Effect when Mass Effect Andromeda came out, we had people who were like, "This is amazing." Yeah. I don't know why you guys hate this so much. I went back and played Mass Effect, and it wasn't that great. Like they went back and played the original Mass Effect after playing Mass Effect Andromeda, and we sat there going, "So you never played the the original trilogy?" No. Then your your opinion means fuck all. Yeah. It's it's the same thing. The same thing happened with the generation gap for Star Wars listeners with. Uh, the prequels versus the versus the original trilogy. You had people who grew up with the original trilogy and they'd seen that first. And then they watched the prequels versus kids who had watched the prequels first. This was the same. This was true for Brandon, uh, who we've had on the podcast. Um, he watched the prequels first and then he got to see the original trilogy. Now he loves all of them, but he, in his case for a long time. And I think this is probably still true today. There is, something near and dear to his heart when it comes to the prequels. Whereas if you grew up on the originals, you're going to sit there and see the prequels as in uh, most likely, I should say going to see the prequels as well, they're inferior. Makes sense. <laughs> this is what you loved. And then what you grew up with, this is what you, what you eventually got. And I'm sure the same thing's going to happen with the new star Wars. Like you, you, Kids who grow who grow up with the new trilogy are going to think the older stuff's not as good uh, somehow. But I mean, I just think that's just bad upbringing. Uh, upbringing. I'm just <laughs> I'm just going to call that out now. Your parents are your parents didn't didn't raise you right. Um, no, but it, it's it's going to happen. It's the same thing. It's like it's like people who grow up with old Bond versus newer Bond or have a specific Bond they like over other ones uh, throughout that entire franchise. That happens. I had a friend. A uh, good friend of mine, Emmett, who who loved under her ma- or, uh, on his uh, on was it uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. It starred the guy who only played Bond one time, and he is the worst James Bond in the entire fucking franchise. He was a supermodel, and based on that information alone, you can already guess why he got the part. But he couldn't act for shit. He and he kept telling me like he's the, it's the best bond. He's the best bond. Like he only got to do it one time and didn't want to come back again and all this stuff. And like I watched, it, I was like, this is crap. Like this is garbage. Like, this is awful. He's actually worse than Roger Moore, and I hate Roger Moore as Bond. I think Roger Moore is awful. <laughs> yeah, Timothy Dalton did a better job than he did. Yeah, Timothy Dalton I actually something. liked. Yeah, I actually liked Timothy Dalton just because he was. It, people didn't like Timothy Dalton because he was too serious. Yeah, he was, he was an intense bond. I you know, I dug yeah. him for that. But Pierce Brosnan's yeah. always been my my bond. So yeah, so everybody has their favorite, right? Yeah. So it's one. It's it's exactly the kind of same same thing. Like I've I've known guys who yeah, it's it's Sean Connery all or nothing. I know young yeah a younger generation that it's it's Daniel Craig. You know, I really like Daniel Craig, even though he's not he doesn't look like Bond. 
because, uh, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, that's not blonde. Uh, <laughs> if you ever read the books, you know that. But my personal favorite in the entire franchise is probably is probably Timothy Dalton. And that's because that's the Bond that I remembered when I was a kid the first time I actually watched James Bond. And then I got to see Sean Connery after that. And I liked Sean Connery. Then I got to see Roger Moore and I was like, oh, what a miss. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, uh, Pierce Brosnan came in and Pierce Brosnan, he is, he's a great combination bond. He is a, to me, he's like that, that almost perfect mix between the intensity of Dalton and the carefree, uh, suaveness. <laughs> yeah, suave, suave of Sean Connery. Like he, he, he kind of embodied all of that. And the only thing I ever, I ever had a problem with when it came to his bond and it wasn't true in GoldenEye. GoldenEye doesn't do this as much. It was the gadgets. They had focused too much when during his bond period, they focused too much on the gadgets and that bugged the shit out of me because the gadgets were so ridiculously like they were overblown so much to the point where anybody could be bond because the gadgets, the, the gadgets could make anyone bond. So when Daniel Craig came in and it was back to seriousness and kicking ass, I was like, I am all for this. Let's do this. And then they ruined it with the last movie, which was in, in large part due to Phoebe Waller bridge, who is also a co-writer on the next Indiana Jones. So you can imagine the next Indiana Jones is going to be fucking fantastic, which is why I don't count it in the, in the series and won't own it. But Anyways, I've gotten, I've gotten really far off track, but that's, that's kind of, you know, that's what you're seeing in theaters. You're seeing people who are just like, all right, I'm, I don't want to see this because of this. This isn't the, the story that I know. Cause, and the only reason why I brought that up was because, uh, Bronx had asked me one day, he's like, you know, why he was, why do people act that way? I'm like, well, it's just, it's the reason why, you know, it's not that, that version that they're used to. It's the same thing that happened with Peter Pan or Wendy and Peter Pan, uh, the newest live action one. I honestly, they, they make Peter Pan into the fucking villain in that because he fucked over hook entirely in that movie, uh, in the, in the backstory for it. And hook used to be his friend and all this stuff. And like it, it, if you listeners, if you, if you watch that movie and really listen to that whole story, you'll see that Peter Pan is actually the bad guy, which is not right. They're not supposed to do that for, for that Peter Pan. Don't get me wrong. There's other stories of Peter Pan that He's definitely the bad guy, (laughs) but in this, in this Peter Pan, that's not supposed to be the case. There's several other reasons why people don't like, don't like those movies. Like uh, what they did with the lost boys. Oh, they put girls in there. No, that's not the only reason. The reason why the lost boys were the lost boys was because they were supposed to be boys without a mother. And the introduction of Wendy was supposed to be that point of them realizing the importance of having a mother, the importance of having a childhood of having parents. And having someone who wants to take care of them and look after them and help them grow up into better people. And the Lost Boys were supposed to be really heavily against, like, you know, no girls allowed, you know, that kind of thing, the, the no girls club kind of thing. And having that realization of the interactions with Wendy and realizing that they actually need mothers and they actually want to grow up and they want to be better men and they want to be, you know, they, they want to be fathers and want to be parents. And that also coincides with why. Peter Pan even invites Wendy in the first place. He doesn't even realize that he actually wants that for himself in reality. So you lose a lot of that when you instantly have Wendy being a girl boss and you have the lost boys not being the lost boys. You know, forgive the pun, but there's something lost there. So you're going to laugh at this. I 
I I totally got confused for a second. I was like, "Thou shalt not." I was like, "Lost Boys." So like, what the fuck? Is like, I had to do with Peter Pan. Oh, right. <laughs> you know, the Lost Boys, the original yeah. Lost Boys. <laughs> I'm like, so there's not any, there's girls in there that are not supposed to have mothers. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's funny as shit. Kiefer Sutherland never told me that. <laughs> That's funny as hell. That's a weird aspect. Uh, I didn't know about that movie. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, yeah, listeners, when, <laughs> when you're when you're when you're looking at other other people like you know, why don't they like this or why are people pissed off? Don't just look at it as a, Oh, don't just look at it from the, the lens of mainstream media and immediately go, it's bigotry. It's racism. It's all that stuff. Because I, I mean, literally we have magazines calling or saying that the reason why little mermaid underperformed over overseas and other nations is because of racism and bigotry. Meanwhile, spider verse is excelling in those same nations where the main character is a is is mixed race he's he's black latino and <laughs> you, you're gonna tell me that they were okay with that because it is it because there's just enough of the other of the other in him or is it because you're full of shit and there's actually no racist or you know race racism or bigotry actually causing the lack of sales it's actually because People see it and they go, nah, that's not that's not my little mermaid. That's not the little mermaid I know. A story that is actually kind of near and dear in China, believe it or not, they they grew up with Disney's Little Mermaid. And that's the aerial that they remember is the cartoon, and they weren't having it. It's still the same little mermaid, and they all went, No, it's still not Ariel. That's not Ariel, like to them. So they just didn't go. It doesn't matter how amazing uh, uh Haley Bailey, is that her name? Or Halle Bailey? Yeah, I think so. Uh, doesn't ama- it doesn't matter how amazing her voice is. She's an incredible singer. That's, you know, that's undisputable. But at the same time, she's not the character they know. You know, additionally, you have other agenda shit that gets pushed in there. Like, oh, Ariel saves herself instead of Eric saving her on the ship. I mean, like, what the fuck is that? She kills Ursula. Like, I don't need this. I don't need no man mentality. People are tired of this shit. So if you want to create a new story that gives, you know, female empowerment or something like that, make something new. Stop fucking around. Disney could have easily just made a different movie. They could have easily made, fuck, Disney could have easily just made a musical about anything, about something else that wasn't related to any of their, any of their previous projects and could have put Halle Bailey in that as the main star. And it probably would have done a lot better, but that would require creativity on their end. We all know that that's severely lacking in all of Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the richest companies in the fucking world, and they just rehash old shit and hoping that it'll fucking sell. Yeah, like, it's fuck? it's it's trying to cash in on your nostalgia. It's trying to oh, cash yeah. in on the things that you remember because there's no creativity left. Yeah, while simultaneously ruining it. Yeah, if they had creativity, they wouldn't be doing these things. They would be making something new. They wouldn't be focusing on anything that has to do with agenda. They wouldn't be focused on anything like that. They would be making new good stories that follow the, the examples of good storytelling that has, has been established for hundreds of years. But now we have, you know, now, now we're looking at things like the possibility of Pixar going under God damn, what the fuck happened? Right. 
they got rid of John Lasseter because John Lasseter, he was, he was huggy. He was, he was because of his, because he took his sensitivity training seriously and was nice to his employees and would ask them if they were doing okay. If they were, if they were healthy, when he went up to a, one of his coworkers or one of his actually employees, uh, I believe I can't, fuck, I can't remember her name. Uh, she was one of the people that supposedly came out against him. Not true. She just reported what happened, which was she was crying one day. She was having an awful day. Uh, things weren't working out in the, in the projects she was working on, and she was getting extremely frustrated, and she was crying at her desk. And Lasseter came by, saw her, and out of concern, put his hand on her shoulder, talked to her for a bit, told her to, you know, to take a day off, go and, you know, go and, uh, and, enjoy some time with her family and, and just kind of basically kind of chill, get, get away from the office for a bit to, to come back fresh. And he, he, she hugged him and he hugged her back and that was it. And because of that interaction, other people turned around and said, Oh my gosh, he's, he's sex or he, he's, he's trying to harass people and he's being, you know, he's sexually harassing everyone and he's, he's all touchy and stuff. No, because he shows concern for his employees and hugged her put his hands on people's shoulder would, would actually, you know, sh- would show them some human contact and, and comfort, not trying to like, he didn't try to finger banger right there. Jesus fucking Christ. Like there, none of that shit was happening, but they treated it like he was sexually harassing. Why? Because they wanted to get him out. You know, when she was asked about it by HR, what did she tell him? She told him what happened. That was it. Wasn't anything big. Wasn't anything that they, that was blown out of proportion. There was a certain group of people within Pixar that wanted him out. Because they wanted to be able to tell their own stories the way they wanted to tell them because they didn't think that Lasseter was letting them actually do whatever the, you know, basically do whatever the fuck they want. And now you have shit movies coming out of Pixar that nobody cares about that aren't very good. You have crap movies coming out of Disney animation, which by the way, Pixar oversees. And that's why Disney animation has suffered as well. So the, the two correlate of this is why you're getting crappy stories and stories not worth your time. While you're getting movies that are the equivalent of this should have been straight to DVD instead, you know, back, back, you know, we're getting quality movie. We're getting the quality movies that we used to get back in the nineties of straight to fucking cassette. And let me tell you listeners, that was a dark period for Disney. God, that was bad. Yeah. The, uh, straight to VHS sequels. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what we've been getting in theaters. You know, Disney keeps attributing it to, oh, well, we put too many things on Disney Plus and people just expect that now. No, 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 no. They expect it to come on Disney Plus because it's a shit quality. Nobody expects these movies to go to theaters because they're crap. So, yeah, of course they expect them to, to go to Disney Plus. When you watch some of these stuff, you sit, you can sit there and go, that looks like a Disney Plus show. That looks like a Disney Plus show versus you go back and go, that looks like it belongs in theaters. Hell, you can even see this in the MCU. Look at Thor Love and Thunder. Look at Thor Love and Thunder versus Thor Ragnarok even. Look at Thor Love and Thunder versus anything in the previous MCU phases one through three. And you'd sit there and go, yeah, uh, Thor Love and Thunder looks like shit. It looks like it belongs on Disney Plus day one. So no wonder Disney's struggling. No wonder, you know, no wonder Pixar is struggling. When you look at that, they fire the person who, who actually was the creative force behind everything and is the one responsible for Disney, the creator of Buzz Lightyear. Uh, and then they fail and they wonder why they're now having to fire people who are in charge of, I don't know, movies like Buzz Lightyear. Lightyear came out. It was, it was a flop. It wasn't a Lightyear movie. I'm sorry. It wasn't. 
And it wasn't a flop just because it had gay, it had a gay couple in there. I'm sorry. That's not the only reason it's a flop primarily because people are tired of Disney shit. They're tired of crap storytelling. They're tired of the same formulaic bullshit that Disney's been creating for the past several years of you take your old characters, destroy them to build someone else up. And the people are, are saying, oh, I can't believe they fired the director. Did you know she's responsible for saving Pixar or for saving uh, Toy Story 2? Let's just let me clear that up really quick. The reason why she's responsible for saving Toy Story 2 is because she was having to work from home when <clears throat> when she was on uh, maternity or when she was uh, on maternity leave, or getting ready for maternity leave. Uh, so when she was home, she had a copy of all the files for Toy Story 2. The servers at Pixar went down and got wiped. They lost all the work on, on Toy Story 2. She saved them because she had a copy of the, all their files at home. So because of that, they didn't have to start all over. And she saved the movie. Great. You did one great thing. And, you're in, and because of that, you, we, they got lucky. Because of one good thing. Back in 1999. That took place in 1999. So she did that back in 1999, which was over 20 years ago nearly 24 years ago at this point and people are are freaking out because oh she saved toy story 2 okay that that doesn't make up for the last several years of failure at pixar does it no of course she didn't keep her job this is you're you're witnessing the downfall of these companies and we all know why we just can't figure out how they don't know it's like watching playstation playstation and this is going to bring me into the next subject playstation had essentially abandoned the japanese market they literally moved their entire headquarters over to California. They stopped catering towards RG, RG, or, uh, RPGs. They stopped catering towards the Japanese market as a whole. And because of that, the PS5 is one of the worst selling PlayStations in Sony's history in Japan. They're from Japan. This is a console that was guaranteed to sell there, and they abandoned their market. And somehow it was a surprise to them that they were losing in Japan because their current leadership is stupid as fuck and nothing was more evident than when we watched this, the PlayStation showcase and they had decided to turn the PlayStation five into a Wii U. That's right. The, the Q light, the thing that we didn't report on, we literally did not talk about this on the podcast. just because I didn't believe in it. I didn't think it was actually real. I thought it was complete horseshit because everybody kept, kept, kept talking about like, Oh, it's a new portable. And like, there's no way Sony's going to get back in the portable market. There's no, no fucking reason to, they abandon every time and no one's going to believe that they'll have something good. Well, it turns out that uh, I was wrong partially. They're not back in the, the portable market. They're not back in the mobile gaming market. They're just in the market for creating a Wii U controller that lets you stream games from your PlayStation 5 to the device. We can do that already. We, we've been able to do that since the PlayStation 4 on, on a cell phone with a with a controller in hand. What's the difference between this and that? Well, this one's made by Sony and it has the, the dual sense response controllers and it's a screen in the middle. That's fancy shit. That's, 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 that's enough to sell me on it. I mean, just sign me, sign me up. Let me spend the $200 on that. Cause that's obviously the future for, for PlayStation. And, and I just want to point out, that during that presentation, he said, we're constantly pushing innovation. Um, I just hate to tell you this right now. Uh, you're an idiot. That's not innovative. 
Nintendo did it years ago. And you guys laughed at them back then. Just, just like the rest of the gaming community laughed at them for the Wii U because it made no fucking sense. You know, and the funny thing is, is we kind of talked about this when, uh, when it got posted in the group chat. If they would actually make a portable console and actually support it for more than a year, I would buy it. Yeah, they could have done that with the Vita. Which, by the way, the Vita can already do exactly what this technology is supposed to do. I just want to point that out really quick. It's a, it, it's a fucking handheld console that came out last generation, and it can do everything this thing does. But to get back to your point, yeah, the v, they could have done that with the Vita just by simply supporting it for longer. And all they had to do is just keep making games for it. But all we saw, like first party wise, we saw nothing after like launch. Yeah, it was the same for the PSP. I got one the year that they came out and they made a handful of really good games. The games that they actually bothered to give a shit about were awesome. Chains of Olympus is fucking amazing. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops. Both <laughs> yeah. of those games were good. Right. Um, they put out an Ace Combat game for it that was fun. Yeah. There um, was, in fact, I would make the argument that there are more. They supported the PSP more and better than they did the PS Vita. Which is why I never bought a Vita because it came out and I waited a year because, well, at the time I didn't have a job, so I didn't have a choice. Yeah. Let's just out of everybody in the group. I was the Rube that bought one day one. <laughs> Uh, but when I finally had the money to buy one, they yeah. announced that they were going to stop support for it. Yeah. So I was like, all right, cool. Thanks for saving me money. I want it. I want a good PlayStation handheld. Yeah. I mean, I buy, I've bought every Nintendo handheld probably that they've ever made going back. I think the Game Boy Color was my first one. Yeah. But I've bought every single one after that. You know, up to the Switch, which is uh, the newest one. Yeah, I I have use for portable gaming. I you know still have to travel for work every once in a while, and you know that's pretty easy to chuck in a suitcase and take with me when I have nothing better to do in my hotel room. Yeah, so there's a market for it. I don't know why they just refuse to support these things. They'll they'll put these things out, they'll support them for a year and go, "Up, oh, no one no one wanted it." Yeah, well here in this case it's it's not going to lose support because, because it's just the screen. Yeah. It's just a streaming screen. It's just a Wii U screen, like screen, it's just a handheld screen for this fucking thing to stream to stream to. It's fucking insane. And 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 to have Jim Ryan have the gall to say, "We're constantly innovating." Well, I guess it just show goes to show you, you, you just because you're rich doesn't make you smart. And if anybody buys this, oh my God, man, there's, there's, okay. There's only one main reason to buy this. And that's if you one are not smart enough to realize that your app on your phone already does this. And all you have to do is use a dual sense controller with it and it will do the exact same thing. And two, let's say you have a smaller phone. Like let's say you have a really, really small screen. It's hard to play games on. Okay. I can understand that a little bit. But you need this because you have a significant other that constantly wants to watch TV or constantly wants to use the television. So like that I could see, but that is a small market. That's not the majority of your gamers. You're not going to, I just don't see this thing being overly successful as a, as a needed add on. It just seems like, it seems like bloatware from Nintendo. Only in this case, we're getting it from PlayStation in the end. All that does is just create waste. All it does is just create a useless 
add-on that's never used again or not really needed. And the worst part about it is it lasts the, the controller. Does it have a great battery life? Does it have an extra battery pack or anything like that? Nope. It lasts less than the fucking dual sense controller. And that, that controller is garbage for battery life. Yep. What need is this filling PlayStation? Jim, I would love you for, for you to sit down in an interview and explain what need the Q light fills. I, I would love, I would love to hear the reasoning behind this product. Because there's there's no way that this actually has a, that there's a market for this. I'm sorry, not not a market big enough to justify it. When I first saw it, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like the first time they showed it, or the that I saw the image of, it, I was like, "Holy shit!" They're actually coming out with a the, an actual a legitimate handheld, you know, something with full on controllers, like controller controls, and you know, something that might be useful. And then they're like, "Nope, it's streaming." I went, <clears throat> "Okay." Yeah, when I first saw the pictures, I got really excited because I thought maybe we were going to get an actual, you know, handheld out of it. And then when I, because I, they announced it while I was at work, so I just saw the picture. And then when I finally got to go on break or lunch, I actually read what it was. And I was like, wow, this is a huge waste of time and money. Yeah. Thanks, Sony. I mean, no, no wonder you're failing in Japan when you're focusing on bullshit like this. And this is the craziest part is like, and this is not this is not like a uh, just a, a, a handful of people that I've heard this from. I have heard this prevalently throughout the Internet. I've heard this on, you know, I've heard this from streamers. I've heard this from YouTubers. Like there is this weird, like weird perception that PlayStation is falling behind Xbox. Regardless of the fact that Phil Spencer has literally had to say and concede that PlayStation has kicked their ass year over year over year in console sales. And currently they are getting destroyed right now. But because of announcements like this and, and shit that they do, there's this weird perception that PlayStation with the amount of bangers that they've put out and stuff like that, that the Xbox is somehow surpassing them. Even with the Xbox's failures on game pass, like I sat there and I heard that and I, and I scratched my head. I'm like, how is anyone seeing PlayStation as a failure in this generation when Xbox has openly admitted the fact that they are losing hand over fist to the PS5? It completely blew, blew my mind. Like I was completely stunned. But then you see things like this happen and you go, maybe it's because they make really dumb business decisions and that's the stuff that gets focused on. I mean, hell, when they bought Bungie, there were tons of people who thought, oh, that's a terrible business decision. Bungie has never made more money than what they're making now ever in their existence. They make shit tons of money. Sony is not hurting by owning them. It was a good business decision, but there were still people who sat there and said, well, they only make one game. So clearly this was a bad choice. All right. And it's really because of bad announcements that come out like the Q light, like stuff like that. It just makes them, it kind of tarnishes their brand. It's the same stuff as like when they do censorship. Or Microsoft turns around and buys another gaming studio, or Sony hasn't bought at more game studios. There's this weird perception of just because they own all these gaming studios that they're beating Sony, and that's just not the case. I mean, there's a reason why Sony is able to literally dictate to Square Enix, you're going to come out with Final Fantasy only on our console. They have that much power, which is why it's completely stunning to me when I see them make stupid choices like the Q Light, and I go, that's just dumb. Why would you make this? 
or when they don't focus on the Japanese market. And I go, that's just dumb. That's your main market. That's where you started from. You should be catering to them as well. They give you a lot of money just as much as we do. The West is not where the only is not the only place where games are made and games sell. But in no way on my end does it ever create a perception of Sony's failing. Because they're not. There's also the fact that PlayStation right now has and listeners, I'm trying to get the negative out of the way because I want to get on to the to the really cool stuff that we saw from the PlayStation showcase. So PlayStation on top of that made the has made the stupid decision of I think they have 12 games as a service games being made right now. Twelve. I think five of which they've confirmed are shooters. And I talked about this with the guys over over chat one day, and it was completely mind boggling to me that they would do this. And again, listeners, it's because of it's because of stuff like this that people go, they're falling behind behind Microsoft, Microsoft, who can't put out a first party title without it being a completely fucking failure. Is somehow perceived as better than PlayStation because PlayStation, excuse me, because PlayStation makes stupid choices where like, oh, we're going to put out games as a service. Do you know how saturated the games as a service market is? It's so bad that they've had to change games who were originally going to be games as a service into non-service titles in order to try and course correct that. Redfall was one. Uh, Halo was going to be far or was evidently built to be far worse as a games as a service model than anyone ever, ever really imagined because of how the open world was supposed to be set up. Um, you have the fact that uh, Gotham's or uh, was it, uh, Gotham Knights that was supposed to be a, a games as a service model turned into a single player. They look the the other developers and other publishers have looked at what's happened throughout the industry and what's been happening to games as a service. Look at the amount of bad reactions people have had to the Suicide Squad, and there's no way they can course correct that. They are stuck where they're at. That was a game that was not wanting to be made by that company. And it's being made anyways. The same thing happened with Redfall. As much as I give shit to Arcane and how much I cannot stand stand that they, I, I, it's not that I can't stand them. It's the fact that I can't stand how overhyped they are, and that's really what it comes down to. As much as I can't stand how overhyped they get, like or people get about them, that was a game. Redfall was a game they did not want to. They did not want to make. They they lost seventy percent of their fucking staff during the development of that. Because they just didn't want to work on it. They didn't want to make a shooter. They didn't want to make, they sure as shit didn't want to make a whatever you want to fucking call it, games as a service shooter that they that they've made that that had to drop a lot of the games as a service elements and constantly had so many how many so many shifting issues because they had no one to, to to steer the ship there. They were forced into making this title by their parent company and they didn't want to do it. So people left. That's a hell of a lot of turnover from your previous title into this one of 70, like 70% of your fucking staff leaves. God damn. I don't think it's overall staff. I think it's actually just, I think the statistic is 70% of the people who worked on the previous title, which would be, I think, prey. Like they all just, uh, no, fuck this. I'm not going to do this. And I went, wow, that's, that's kind of saying something that should tell you that you're, you're, your development team was not on board. They did not want to do this. It goes along, you know, kind of goes hand in hand with what was happening with Mass Effect, what was happening with uh, Dragon Age. The current Dragon Age sequel to uh, Inquisition that's coming out was originally going to be games as a service. I mean, shit, 
I quote, it's Anthem with dragons. That's what, that's how it was described originally. How did Anthem go? Do you think that they, that that game is still a games as a service now? I hope they got rid of all the games as a service elements out of it, but we'll, we won't know until it actually comes out. But that was enough for me to go, I'm not going to buy this. Just by just just by that description alone. Look at Fallout 76. Look at Avengers. Look at the amount of failures across the board with games as a service. And PlayStation's making 12 of them. It's insane. And I think seven of them were announced at their PlayStation uh, showcase. Yeah. 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 One of them is going to be a a heist game where you uh, go through and and you try to create the perfect heist and you're competing against other teams at the same time for this during this heist. Like that sounded fucking stupid. Like I the closest thing I can think of to something like that working would be payday and payday is just okay. So I don't see how this is going to be better. Um, I don't, I don't know if that's even going to come out. Like, uh, they had, uh, you know, I mean, they, they made, they, they make so many bad choices and you go, God, dude, really? And that's why gamers go, all right, well, Xbox is clearly doing better than you. Like, and I sat there and I heard that. I'm like, Xbox is doing better than PlayStation. How? And I had to think about it for a while. And I was like, oh, it's because it's because of these things, like the the stuff that they announce, the stuff that they keep continue to go with. Like Jade Raymond's new game that's going to be coming out. That's uh can't remember what's uh what the name of it is, but they had a CGI trailer for it. And when originally when Miles and I saw it, Miles thought, oh, I guess this is going to be their answer to Starfield. And then I looked it up and it turned out, no, that's another, that's another games as a service shooter. And I went, what the fuck are you guys doing? How does, how does coming out with more of these make any sense? You have Bungie who's now owned by PlayStation. They're making marathon. Oh, don't get me started on this one. <laughs> this is the reason why I brought up is because Josiah, when I do Josiah's reaction would be marathon is a beloved, a beloved title. If you're a fan of Bungie, you know that that's one of their earliest games that they ever made. It was originally on the, uh, the Mac. It was a shooter. It was a revolutionary shooter for its time. Still holds up really well. Um, um, if you can. It's a boomer shooter. Now, so. granted, I'm not advocating playing it the way I did, but if you can get a good emulator, it still runs really well and it's still so good. Yeah. And then they turn it into a, a games as a service shooter. Yep. Yeah, now it's the games as a service shooter. It's a, it's going to be a service shooter that's a extraction or a multiplayer extraction shooter is how it was described. And I went, what? <laughs> the only thing that I'll give them credit for what <laughs> is the uh, the music that they used in the trailer. They remixed one of the uh, songs from the, from original, the original game. Yeah, that was great. Oh, shit, it's not me. Like, but the the longer into that trailer, I yeah. I was watching it and I was like, wow, this is really bright and colorful, and obviously it's going to be a shooter of some sort. And then Marathon popped up at the end, and I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? Yep, I was so I'm still really mad about this. Yeah, it was one of the first shooters that actually had a a real story attached to it, and it's what kind of set it apart as this is a different, Oh, wow. These guys are kind of different. These guys are a different, different kind of studio. These guys want to tell you a story and have you experience it while still retaining 
fun gameplay and still re- retaining an experience that you won't get anywhere else. And, and that's it's very much uh, a precursor to Halo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's only like a couple of degrees off of Halo from, you know, what we know now. But I mean, I, I'm very curious how they're going to do this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when they, in, when they were showing the trailer and stuff, they had stuff, stuff for and I was like, man, this is, this is kind of cool looking. But the moment that was, that was the, the, the defining action, like, oh, okay, it's marathon. I, like I went, holy shit. I was like, are you kidding me? Like we haven't, you know, we haven't, we, we, we haven't seen anything like this, uh, you know, come from the studio in a long time. Like I'm looking forward to this. I'm thinking Bungie's getting back to its roots. This is going to be amazing. And then games as a service extraction shooter. I went, fuck you no way not going to do it not going to happen i it could be the greatest extraction shooter ever made listeners and i won't do it i'm not going to play that you know show me show me something worth my time that's all i got to say maybe it's going to succeed i mean it's bungie they they tend to come out ahead somehow so uh maybe it's going to succeed you can guarantee you that it's going to have some great shooting mechanics because it's bungie and that's oh, that's something they know it's going to play very well yeah. They I actually just know won't how play to do it. that. Yeah, it's just I won't play it. I'm I'm tired of this. I'm not doing this anymore. I I just said a long time ago. I'm I'm done with the games as a service crap. Anytime thing, anytime something says games as a service, I'm out. I just immediately shut off. My brain just goes, nope, not going to do it. It's not going to happen. Uh, and I think I think for the most part, most of the group is kind of in the same spot. Yeah, I, I, I I'm almost the same way. Anytime I hear MMORPG, yeah, I mean that's mostly just because I don't have the self control to play one of those and then still have anything in my life outside of the game, right? So that's that's more voluntary than anything else. Yeah, yeah, that and my um, my internet's not uh, <laughs> reliable enough for me to <laughs> truly sit down and do an MMO. Right. So let's get into the good stuff. There's plenty of good stuff from the showcase, even though a lot of people like, like I said, the showcase actually had a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of bad stuff though. And a lot, like a lot of downer stuff. And that's why people walked away. I think that's the biggest reason, reason why people walk away from the showcase going, eh, it was just okay. So now I'm going to get into the good stuff because the good stuff is actually worth talking about. And I think this is the stuff that should be getting, you know, getting people more excited for uh, even owning a PlayStation or just gaming in general. So let's get into it. Uh, Hell divers two. That trailer was awesome for one. Uh, the fact that they showed gameplay for two that I mean, overall great presentation. The fact that it, it, it definitely ticks the uh, we're starship troopers without saying starship troopers, by the way, that is an awesome game. You guys should definitely check it out. Uh, <laughs> but, but they're, they're going the starship troopers route of like, we are starship troopers without being starship troopers. And here's hell divers too. This is what it's going to be. It's no longer the, the top down. It's now a third person over the shoulder, uh, shooter. And I think that's a great choice. I think that's a great change to make for the game. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to make for dropping, uh, supply drops on your friends, a hell of a lot funnier. So yeah, because it's not going to happen by accident anymore. At yeah. this point, it's at this point, if it it's, happens, it's on purpose. It's someone doing it to fuck with you. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it looks like an awesome good time and I'm looking forward to playing that. Yeah. That one, uh, that went on my wish list as soon as, as soon as I got home. Yeah. 
Um, there was a, there's another one. Uh, so here I have good things and bad things to say about this thing, but EA has decided to come out with a, another story driven single player game. Hats off to him. EA keep going this route. Like even if something doesn't quite work out, keep going this route. Keep, keep trying to nail that home because I honestly think you're, you're focused on trying to keep single player alive again while it came about because people basically showed you, you know, single player games are still wanted with uh Jedi uh fallen order. I think there's other, there's room for other things. So like I saw <clears throat> the immortals of Avium. This game is a single player uh shooter, but it's, you know, centered around magic. So think of uh, uh hex. I think it's Hexen is the original game. It's very much like that. It's a, you know, all of your abilities, all of your your weapons that you shoot are magic or, or magic uh, based, and uh, it looks technically really really good. The only the the real downside to this is just it's the system requirements for this is ludicrous, uh, and I blame the developer for this because I mean basically the developer kind of had this ad, like came came out with this attitude of like uh, uh, essentially Crytek of we're using Unreal Engine 5. We're going to be doing every, you know, using pretty much everything that Unreal Engine 5 can and say, screw it if they can't, if you can't run it. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's never more evident than when you see the system requirements and see the minimum system requirements and see an RTX 2080 Super sitting in there as the minimum requirements to play it at 1080p, 60 frames per second. And I went, you've got to be fucking kidding me. So that is the only, that is the really only downside to this. The rest of it looks, you know, it looks kind of generic for sure, but it could be fun. Um, there's nothing that says a generic shooter can't be entertaining. And given the fact that it's, you know, surrounded around magic, that could be a, a good, inter- you know, a good time. Uh, one big reason I'm planning on getting this is one of the animations for casting a spell is finger guns. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> yeah. I am, I'm definitely looking forward to finger gunning things. to death. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great if you could mod it and put in a pew, pew, pew <laughs> <laughs> as the sound effect. I will say I'm not super happy with the, uh, the developer's attitude of, Oh, you don't have a system that can run it. Just buy a better one. Yeah. Like, come on, dude, made us half what like Yeah, the the minute like so the minimum system requirements is a is an RTX twenty eighty, you know, super. Uh, and then you see the recommended requirements and immediately it jumps up to you need to have something with, you know, anywhere between ten to and I <laughs> ten to sixteen gigabytes of VRAM. And I went, Oh, so it's a V it's mostly a VRAM issue. It's def, def that's definitely a huge thing. For it, because the comparable or the comparable uh, GPUs that they place in those categories are not even close to one another when it comes to sheer horsepower. It's mostly the VRAM that I'm seeing. So I went, okay. So you're using it. You're basically telling people we're using up too much VRAM. We kind of need it in order to run our game properly, and this is what your system is. Now, I know listeners that I have said, and I've said this to the guys before, like if your system's just, if, if you're going to need to have a supercomputer to run this, then that's the system requirements that you have. And at least they've gone with, that's the system requirements that they, that they have in their game. But I got to tell them right now, Hey, uh, developers of, <laughs> of Immortals of Avium, if, if you ever hear this, you need to know your game 
when you say it's going to run at 10 at 1080 60 fps at the minimum re, at the the minimum requirements it needs to run that whatever your your lowest configuration is within those system requirements is it needs to hit that so if it doesn't you're going to get nothing but shit from everyone else because at this point there's there's no excuse for system requirements to not be set as system requirements it just shouldn't exist we're so far beyond the days of uh, this is what you need in order to open up the menu. This is what you need in order for it just to load. That 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 shouldn't be a thing, especially when you're saying in, in, at the the very bottom that this is what you need in order to run it at this resolution at this at this frame rate. So it has to do it. Just saying, make sure that make sure that that it's actually optimized enough to do that. And given the fact that your your publisher is EA, I. I have doubts that you've done any quality control. Sorry. I know, I know I'm, I'm being mean to a developer, but I, I really do have doubts that that's a, that's even going to take place. This is definitely a game that I'm probably going to wait a month or two after release to buy, see how the reviews are, especially see how digital foundry sees it. I'm, I'm definitely planning on getting it at some point though. Yeah. But I mean, we've especially since the fact it's actually sixty. I thought it was going to be seventy dollar title. It's actually a sixty dollar title title in PC. Yeah, dude, awesome, nice job. And I mean, we've talked about this over and over, but I mean, nobody should be buying any digital release on opening day. No, it's not like they're no. going to run out of copies. Just grab it after a month when they've patched out the major problems. Yeah, that's a, that's, FOMO. that's the unfortunate thing. <laughs> What'd you say? Said, but FOMO. <laughs> FOMO. <laughs> uh, we'll see. I mean, it's their first game as as a studio, and a lot yeah. of the devs are from Telltale when it went under. We'll see. Like the like, original Telltale? Yeah. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make that too much. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But again, I seriously doubt your quality. You've had any quality control. <laughs> and I don't know if QA is happening. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, overall, though, the presentation was kind of cool, and it was. Uh, it looked like it. Was, it looked like it would be a fun, a fun shooter if it runs it's well. It's flashy yeah, and I mean, neat. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one of those games that magic. <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to buy just because the concept is interesting. Yeah. So. I don't know. I, I buy games for dumb reasons sometimes. Um, another one that was shown off was uh, Phantom Blade Zero. Now, listeners, originally when I first saw this title, I went, ah, another Souls, Sekiro, you know, style game. Like it, it. I do have to admit that with with many others out there, that it is getting very old at this point of just using the same style as somebody else and stuff like that. But then they showed the game running, and they showed the fighting. And it was so, oh man, it was so, uh, like almost, uh, film fight choreography from like, you know, crouching tiger, hidden dragon, the da, 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 like the, the real quick sword action back and forth. I was like, actually, this looks like it's going to be fun. And if it's not brutally hard, I would definitely check this out. <laughs> um, 
as it continued going, like they kept showing more and more of the, the fights and how, how very dynamic it all, it all kind of seemed. I'm hoping it doesn't require a shit ton of, uh, uh, combo remembering because fuck me, I can't do, I can't do combos anymore. I'm too old. Sorry. <laughs> I'm that guy. Uh, but yeah, that, that turn having watched the game in motion, having seen it, like having an in game, uh, not, not just an in game play or a game, game trailer, but a gameplay trailer be the first thing they show off is enough to be like, wow, that actually looks really cool. I'm looking forward to seeing how this game, like how this game turns out. And I can't wait to see reviews on it and see if it's as good as it looks. Oh, this looks like a Kung Fu movie. Yes. Yeah. Oh, this looks bad. I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) Like what he fucking lean, like he goes from one and then leans back and starts fighting there. I was like, Holy shit. (laughs) Oh yeah. This looks awesome. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I, I missed this one because I was at work. Yeah, so that that game has my complete attention, and I am hoping it is good is is as good as it looks. Uh, I really hope it does come to PC, but if it's only on PS Five, that's that's fine. I mean, it's a it's a good compromise. Uh, in fact, it might at this point it might run better on console because of the amount of crap the PC's been getting lately. Uh, unless you're a, an indie developer. Thank you, indie developers. We we appreciate you most of all. Um, You're why I'm not mad. I spent the money on my upgrade. <laughs> exactly. Um, so next, there was uh, the the Sword of the Sea. This is from the developers of uh, Pathless and uh, A Abzu A B Z U, um, the the underwater one, the the diving one. Mm. Uh, kind of they're they're kind of relaxed game like they kind of make relaxed games kind of in the vein of like Journey, yeah, and uh, Flower. Um, so this this game had huge Journey vibes for a lot of people. In fact, a lot of people were like, "Oh my gosh, is this the exact same developer?" No, um, but they do they do make uh, games that are very chill and wanting you to relax, enjoy the environments, enjoy. The gameplay and kind of kick back nothing too stressful and this game looks beautiful it's the one where the uh, characters on a sword they're kind of going along and uh, uh looks like a mix of like snowboarding skateboarding and surfing at the same time across sands that are moving much like an ocean and uh there's even a, a part where the, the character goes to the half pipe or through a half pipe and i was like this looks like a lot of fun this looks like it's going to be a good time so i'm looking forward to that and uh, if it's, you know, especially if, it, if it's a decently priced game, which usually they are, usually they're on the, the 20 bucks mark. Um, if that's the way it sticks and that's that's how it hits, I'll uh, I'll be looking forward to it. I'll be buying that. So uh, I don't know if uh, I don't know if either of you guys got to see that or or remember it very well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I still wanted to uh, I still have uh, Pathless on my wish list for it to go super cheap. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. What are they charging for Pathless right now? Uh, right now, I don't know. Uh, but when it came out, I think it was, uh, I think it was a 70 title. Was that a $70 title? I think so. Cause it was right around the time when, uh, they were constantly pushing that mark. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you're probably, you're probably right. Uh, sorry. I had an itch on my nose. 
Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, it's on my radar. Uh, then there was the, uh, you know, there was the Talos principle too. Now <laughs> I have got to admit listeners that I, I never really got far. I, I tried Talos principle. I didn't play much of it because I, I didn't even know. I, I honestly didn't even know there was an actual story to the first game. Um, there apparently is, uh, like I said, I didn't get very far. Um, but the trailer for two is very intriguing. And when I first saw it, I did not realize what I was seeing. And then suddenly it was like, tell us principle two. I was like, Oh, like, okay. And like, I remember that vaguely. Um, so this, if it, you know, if it's something that ends up being, you know, purported as, as fantastic, as much as people talk up the first one, I might attempt to try to go through the first one again. If, uh, if the stories are intertwined or anything like that, but uh, yeah, I mean, beautiful looking game regardless. And uh, I hope for those who have been waiting for a sequel to the first Talos principle actually get something good out of this. So. Uh, then there was a, uh, the game uh, I I'm going to probably butcher the shit out of this name, but it's, I think it's Neva. Uh, it is, it was the trailer they showed off was an animated or was an animated style that, uh, we've seen before in other stuff, mostly actual animations, but I, I don't know if it's actually in game or if it's just, if it's just a trailer they made is the one with the, the wolf with the, uh, the antlers, the, the branch antlers and has the other baby wolf and the, uh, some kind of dark, uh, creatures, entities come in and battle this girl and the, the wolf and they end up taking down the, the larger wolf and killing it. But uh, she ends up getting the the inheriting, I guess, the the smaller wolf to raise. Uh, it was just interesting, like the 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 how beautiful the trailer was and everything like that. And I kind of hope the game looks like that, and uh, and plays like that in the end, or plays like how it looks. But uh, it's got my attention. It's 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 uh, coming out. It's not coming out until like 2024. So who knows uh, how things will end up. But uh, it was it was really pretty. Oh yeah, I guess I do have one bad I do have one bad game to bring up, but at least at least it's not it's not all bad games. Uh, Foam Stars, okay. Mm-hmm. The, that's the 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 Splatoon looking uh, shooter, third yeah. third person shooter that's uh, got all the foam and stuff like that. Looked like it took place in Vegas. Ah, that looks awful. <laughs> yeah, I, think I know there are some people with. looking forward to it. Yeah, I think that's that's something they were looking forward. Like some people are looking forward to, and they're they're like, oh, the power ups and stuff like that. But I saw it, and I was like, this looks just like trash. <laughs> I'd rather play Splatoon, um, but that's just me. Um, I don't know. It it felt like so much of a rip off that I I was actually surprised Nintendo didn't give them a cease and desist immediately. <laughs> but uh anyways i mean given how quickly nintendo tries to take down people it's surprising they didn't immediately go after it uh (laughs) next up though is uh is devolver now listeners if you've been listening to us long enough you know there is a massive love-hate relationship with me and devolver uh i cannot stand their marketing so much i i fucking hate watching their stage their stage shows Mm -hmm. it drives me crazy but 
their marketing, if, if you put their marketing aside, like it was so bad that it's made me just like, it's got, it got to the point where I was like, fuck you. I don't want to play your games. I hate you guys. Like it was, it was just a deep seated hatred just for their marketing to the point where I, was just, I didn't want to play their titles. But I like putting my prejudice aside for that or from that, they make some awesome games and they put out some awesome titles. So when, when I can do that, <laughs> when I can do that and, and not focus on the, the bullshit, they may, they, they showed off a game called plucky squire and that looked awesome. Like has a really cool art style has a, has looks like it's a uh, really not really innovative gameplay, but uses unique gameplay from other games that we've seen in the past and integrates it really well into, uh, into the story they want to tell. So that looks like it's going to be a, a, a good time. And it looks like it's going to be something that's going to be worth, you know, worth your money. And with, with devolver, rarely do they make a bad game? I mean, they have, they have more bangers than they don't. So, uh, it's something to look forward to at least. Yeah, it's been on my uh, wish list for a while. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation shut off Teardown. Teardown is a game that's been available on PC for quite some time. It's mostly been shown off because of the crazy physics engine that it has. Um, it, it's really fun. Yeah, it, I I have it. Josiah has it. I think Miles has it. If yeah. you don't have a system that can handle it, it will uh, <laughs> it will make your, gonna your system scream. Uh, yeah, it it's like I said, it's it's physics engine is is kind of ludicrous, which is why I'm surprised it's coming to the PlayStation. Because uh, as as powerful as the PlayStation Five is, it is not PC powerful, and it doesn't have a very it doesn't have what what I would consider a robust CPU on it. So I'm kind of surprised that it's coming to it. I'm wondering how much it's been cut down from the PC version. Yeah. I'm really wondering how they crowbarred that thing in. <laughs> right. Uh, but listeners, the premise of the game is basically you're pulling off heists and you're given free reign as to how you're going to do that. Uh, they give you an objective, like you have to do this and you have to figure out how are you going to go about it? Are you going to go, are you going to go full destruction route and say, screw it and plow down an entire building to get to something or, are you going to go a more strategic route and, you know, try and come up with something a little more creative in, uh, in some cases, some people come up with some crazy shit and other people like me just say, screw it. I'm just full bore through a wall. Um, the direct yeah. route is always the quickest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's changed much cause it's, it's been a little while since I played it, but I will say the, uh, the tether alarms, complete fucking bullshit. I had to go ahead and the, uh, the file and increase the time on those just a little bit. I was like, yeah. this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> it was like, that's, that's no trash. response in the world is this goddamn fast. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, uh, and then PlayStation uh, had a major announcement from Konami of all, of all people. I mean, Konami, who's basically given up on all gaming and had gone full on, we're just, uh, we're just going to make uh, gambling machines from now on and use our IPs for that out of nowhere comes back with uh, the biggest announcement we've seen from them since Metal Gear Solid five. And that was Metal Gear Solid Delta uh, Snake Eater. And uh, here's the part where I get to eat my words again. <laughs> Never. Listeners, do you remember when we were talking about how players just keep buying games for these? For these <laughs> 
<laughs> that they constantly bitch about and hate. Yeah. Well, here we go. Everybody's got a little bit of hypocrisy in them. Trust us. We I all know it. Always said after everything that went down with uh, Kojima not getting to finish uh, Metal Gear Solid 5, I'd never buy another Konami game again. Yeah. And you know how I always say there's always a little footnote at the bottom of my I'll never buy from them again? This is my footnote for uh, Konami. <laughs> I always said that if they were going to redo the Metal Gear games, I'd buy those. Well, maybe he's and changed. here we are. <laughs> <laughs> he promised me he'd, he'd stop drinking changed. so much. And yeah. He's a new man. <laughs> Then a week later, you guys are going to see me with a black eye. And, yeah, I trip. And... He's the same. He's not going to change. Uh, yeah, so I have no idea why it's called Delta instead of three, but they're calling it Delta. Because um, a triangle has three sides. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> a lot of people have been trying to find like deeper meaning in it. Like somebody was like, doesn't Delta mean like new beginning or, or something like that? I'm like, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, um, if you're looking at it, river. like, <laughs> I was going to say, if you're looking at it from a, a mathematical point, isn't Delta supposed to be change? Yeah. So, I mean, it could be that I like my theory. Yeah. Uh, it's metal gear solid three triangle has three sides. I think that's probably the more logical one. Yeah. <laughs> the more likely one. Uh, but yeah. Uh, upside, like a lot of people were, were, were kind of concerned about this. Uh, I know uh, Jake, De- Jake Baldino on uh, game ranks kind of talked about it and he's got some, some concerns, doesn't know how, how it's going to go. And uh, the lack of Kojima is, is concerning for some people that I totally get. Um, given the fact that it's a, a remake or remaster of the previous game. I'm, I'm hope more hopeful for it, that they're not going to screw it up. I think that, I think Konami is going to want to win like a, like a Capcom win. Like Capcom has been doing so well with their remakes. Like they're looking at that and going, wow, that's actually not a bad idea. We can just go back through and remake our old titles and they'll, they'll just be better. And, and I mean, we'll buy them. Fans have been asking for this for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I speak as one of them. Uh, they've already said that they're remastering the old audio and using it. Yep. So David Hayter is still going to be back Snake. As the voice. Fuck yes. Because um, <laughs> that that would be if they changed David Hayter, then I would not be buying these games. Yeah, listeners, you remember what we were talking about with the uh, like when I said that you know when people see movies like in Little Mermaid and stuff like that, and it's not the character that they remember. I was that way with Metal Gear Solid Five. I was so heavily against Kiefer Sutherland playing snake that I almost did not buy that game yeah. because I fucking hated the idea of changing out from David Hater Cause I loved haters uh, voice so much. We both talked each other into getting the game. Yeah. Like neither of us wanted to get it. And then I don't remember exactly it how, took but took we- a lot of convincing. And I think it was actually when they finally showed the open world aspects and the fact that you, I, I think the thing that really got us is the fact that you could do, do the airlift on, on a guy randomly. And I was like, well, that's just going to happen. Like, I, like I, I spent more time doing that shit than anything else in the game. Yeah, they uh, they added that. And I think it was portable ops. You could always do the uh, the Fulton extract yeah. on people it just randomly. And it was so much fun to pull off in multiplayer. Yeah. Now, Konami, if you really want to make money, what you should do is you should redo Metal Gear Solid 4. 
and you should redo Metal Gear Online 2. Well, that's the other thing. They, they also announced a uh, Metal Gear Solid Collection Volume 1, which is, which is games 1 through 3 that are going to come out. They, they're not remasters, but they're, they're being brought over to the PlayStation 5. And if you're doing Volume 1, that says you're going to do Volume 2. Yeah, that volume, implies a Volume 2. Yeah, so Volume 2, what is that going to include? More than likely, and hopefully, Metal Gear Solid 4. So I'll finally be able to play Metal Gear Solid 4 on my PlayStation 5. Yeah, it'll be nice to be able to watch one of my favorite movies again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I fucking love Metal Gear Solid 4. It, it's, well, it's, it's one of my favorites. It's, so do it's I. It's my actual favorite in the entire franchise. But. I mean... We talked about this when the game first came out. We timed some of the cutscenes, and some of them do run up to an hour. Oh, yeah, yeah th- it's it's a long. I mean, it's a long fucking game. Long cutscenes, long weird ass commercials. <laughs> when uh, when I beat four the first time, and then went through, and you could skip cutscenes on your second playthrough. I think the actual game is like six or seven hours, hours long. Yeah. The next one up, I'm going to bitch it. God, dude, I'm going to butcher all these fucking things. <laughs> so, uh, Tower of Agashba. <laughs> I think that's how you say it. A-G-H-A-S-B-A. Agaspa. Agaspa. Agraba. We're going to go with Agraba. <laughs> Uh, it was shown off and it was uh, very apparent that these, that these del- that these devs had, had seen a final fantasy game. Um, <laughs> and also very apparent that they had also played breath of the wild <laughs> exclusively <laughs> or not exclusively, but extensively. Um, so aside, aside from this being a, uh, very much a inspired by other games kind of title. It wasn't necessarily something that wowed me, but it was, I mean, it was kind of one of those things of like, all right, well, it could be fun if it, if it's good, but there was a lot of weird unpolished animations in that trailer. So I'm hoping that they're going to give this one some time and uh, turn it into something good. Cause I mean, the same could be said for being a, you know, essentially a link clone or anything like that for uh, was it Phoenix rising in uh, by Ubisoft. Yeah. So uh, there's nothing that says that that can't be a good game. And that was a good game. So uh, if, if this is well done and ends up being a good game, then I'm all for it. Uh, But based off the anime or based off some of the animations and stuff like that, I wasn't overly impressed with that from the character, but the environments look cool. Some of the creatures were really cool looking. Um, Like I said, very kind of final fantasy esque in that, in that category. Uh, Gameplay wise though, looked very much like a, Breath of the Wild, especially because the character pulled out a freaking glider shoot, like just out of their ass, jumped off a cliff. Final Fantasy 16 was shown off and we didn't know it was Final Fantasy 16 until after, until they showed uh, uh, Ifrit. Basically. And uh, like when, when once they showed that, we're like, oh, it is Final Fantasy. It was kind of generic looking a little, a little clunky. Uh, in some of the 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 animated scenes that they showed, like yeah, for some it reason looked, it didn't it, look as good as when they initially teased it. Yeah, yeah, a while back, and I don't think it was a video compression thing. I just think they didn't air the the kind of shittier half of the the video. 
Yeah. Uh, I, it felt like they chose a lot of weird random sections that feel very kind of RPG ish to like other fantasy, uh, medieval looking games. And, and it kind of felt like a lot of that art direction was lost in some of those sections, uh, that they showed off. But I mean, uh, hopefully it's good. It's being made by, uh, uh, I think it's a Yoshi and, uh, uh, Yoshi P said it, that's his name, you know, Josiah. I have no Um, idea. All right. Good talk. Um, I, I haven't (laughs) followed final fantasy. I the last final fantasy game I played. Well, I played parts of 15, but before that, the last one I played was 12 when it came out on the PS2. So, um, well, hopefully I'm hoping it's going to be good. Uh, square really needs to have a win. Cause the, <laughs> I mean, after the, after their NFT nonsense, like, and <laughs> people looking at like some of the bullshit that they've been doing, they, they need a banger. They need something to come out. That's just going to be like, all right, this is going to keep the company going. Cause I, if it, if this doesn't do well, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, cause I mean, final fantasy seven is supposed to be coming out or the rebirth is supposed to be coming out. And, uh, while I'm sure that title will sell like crazy, I don't know <laughs> if, uh, if this one will do. Oh, you mean the most well. overrated final fantasy in the series? You shut your fucking throat. Nope. <laughs> 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 um, I know we've, talked about this many times i i will die on this hill if you guys want to make money redo final fantasy tactics yep there is a weirdly big I following almost, for this I game almost just threw up in my mouth you can <laughs> almost throw up in your mouth if you want that game was fucking awesome there's a ton of people out there that want to remake yeah, I mean, there's a ton of people shit. out there that want a remake of everything, including including 10. And that includes the <laughs> terrible laughing scene. God, I hope I can skip that cutscene. <laughs> I liked everything else about that game. That and uh, how just dick smashingly hard the last fight was. Mm. Like you actually had to just be lucky to win that fight. You actually had to pull your dick out, smash it. Yeah, they gave you a hammer. <laughs> You ever want to succeed? This is the this is the only way. I'm just saying it, they've they've gone out and re-released a bunch of their old games. I mean, they did one through six. Yeah, again, it just give us uh, you know a bit of a graphical facelift on it. Yeah, and redo Final Fantasy Tactics. That's yeah, that's fair. Okay. I mean, it'll make them money. I'm not a fan, but that doesn't mean the other fans aren't, aren't into it. So I'm just saying it, it's <laughs> one of those that you keep saying they need a win. That's a pretty easy win in my, my eyes. There's a lot of things that could be easy wins for square at this point. True. But I mean, like, like a lot of other companies, they, they're making some severe mistakes I yeah, mean, because they're afraid of money. Speaking of NFTs, I mean, EA is going to make NFTs come back and actually be a thing. And it's going to come full throttle <laughs> listeners. That, that, that shit's, that shit's coming into sports games and you guys are fucked. If you, if yeah, you the, think that NFTs are going away, cards. <laughs> yeah. If you think that that shit's going away, if you think NFTs are going to go away still e- after EA does that, nope. NFTs are, are here to stay now. You know, that's going to be a thing. At least digital sport cards kinds of make kind of makes a little bit of sense. Out of all of the things that you could do, this is one of the ones that I can look at it and be like, well, that's dumb, but eh. 
I'm not saying I'm going to buy him. <laughs> the, the look I'm giving him after he said that is just no. I was doing I, it I'm from here saying, too. <laughs> yeah, it, makes, it makes no sense. I could see why Zero. people would want to buy those. Yeah. So. Yeah, you they they already do that shit in real life with actual sports cards, and people don't buy them. Yeah. So, I mean, Lo, Loach has has talked to to us about that shit enough to let us know like yeah it doesn't they don't sell hey what the fuck do i know although i haven't been into a but card here, shop in but like here's the years. thing though that's different from a game i mean gamers will buy shit like that because they feel like they'll have no choice yeah and in sports titles with ea god damn dude the amount of the amount of money they drain into those games it's guaranteed oh. i mean there's there's no way after that nfts will be here to stay for gaming not not for everything else, but for gaming, 100%. Let's hope it doesn't come to uh, MLB the show. <laughs> oh, Lo- Loach will be fucked. Yeah, he'll be selling hand jobs for uh, NFT money. Yeah. What, the, what they'll probably um, wind up doing is they'll probably attach it to the uh, card packs that already exist in the game and incentivize yeah. it that way. Like, well, we're going to jack up the price $20 on this pack, but you get an NFT. <laughs> Yeah, you get you you are guaranteed this NFT that you absolutely own that no one else can own, and it'll give you somehow. that player. <laughs> yeah, what can I do with it? Fuck all. <laughs> okay. Um, next up, uh, we have uh, Remedy. Remedy has finally come back and shown off Alan Wake Two, the sequel that people have been waiting for for over over another generation of a console <laughs> they're finally showing off alan wake 2 it looks good the visually it looks freaking phenomenal uh i don't recall what engine they're using but it it looked really really nice uh i'm i'm looking forward to playing it it looks like it's going to be fun it looks like it, we've got a, a new protagonist in there uh i don't know much about her uh and and everything but it looks like she's an i think she's an fbi agent uh, investigating the events that took place from or partially from the first game and the events surrounding Alan Wake himself and, and all that stuff. So it could be, you know, could be a good time. And uh, I'm hoping that it's going to come out on more than just consoles, but we'll see. I mean, the original did, but it took a little while. Uh it's Another on one was the, like, uh, North Light engine, which is the same one that Quantum Break was on. Makes sense since Remedy made Quantum Break too, and that's a it's a good looking like it's actually a good looking game. Quantum Break is it was really buggy, so hopefully I'm I'm hoping they kind of uh, ironed out a lot of those bugs. Also, I'm going to be excited for the fact that this game will not have live action cutscenes that have to stream to my system or I have to download in order to watch because that shit was stupid. No, you just have to buy the digital comic to fill in. <laughs> I think that's my major complaint for uh quantum break really was the, the streaming video that was dumb. That sh- that should have never been a thing. I can, I get what they were trying to do. And at the time it was an, it was a interesting idea and concept, but it was just not something that could ever be brought to fruition and, and, and logically made. I mean, a, a story that was supposed to drive a, a originally the idea was a gay video or a video game story that the end outcome drives 
a TV show that they were running at the same time, which then eventually got dropped and turned into just cutscenes that were all live action video for no reason. It didn't need to exist because the in-game engine was actually good enough to animate all that shit. Just way, way too complicated for something that didn't need to exist. So I'm looking forward to Alan Wake 2. I'm hoping it's going to be good. Uh, Ubisoft showed off uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage. And for those of you who have been like, I want an Assassin's Creed that's an Assassin's Creed. Well, this is going to be your pick. This is going to be your answer. Now, for those of you who have been sticking with the franchise and been through the other games, you might be sitting there going, why the fuck is Mirage surrounding this asshole? Yep. Uh, and that's the other problem they have. Uh, so this is trying to really pull on the nostalgia feels for a lot of people who have been wanting an, a, a go back to the original formula for Assassin's Creed. But at the same time, if anybody and I, and I guarantee this is primarily to bring back the older audience that have probably left the franchise, people like me. Um, but at the same time. It's not going to I don't think it's going to help that they're surrounding a character that the a large chunk of the community from Valhalla and uh, it's I guess it's a it's a DLC sequel uh, aren't going to really appreciate playing as because he's kind of a prick. Yeah, he is a complete fucking douchebag. And he's the bad guy. And uh, <laughs> yeah, like, and uh, I don't know why you'd want to play as that person. No. So. Don't want to play as that person. Don't really have any true desire to return to the Middle East. Uh, yeah. So this is probably going to be one of the very first ones that I don't participate in at all. Yeah. And that's in a slew of Assassin's Creed games that are coming out. One is a, you know, supposedly a <clears throat> massive multiplayer. Another one's a mobile game. Another one is uh, going to be, yeah, I, I say a massive multiplayer. It's a games as a service one that they're looking at doing. Uh, another one is a uh, horror survival title that makes zero in an Assassin's Creed game, an Assassin's Creed game. That's a horror survival title. Like Ubisoft, you guys are running out of ideas and you need to admit it. You have a problem. Not everything needs to be Assassin's Creed. Just saying. Uh, on top of that, they still refuse to go back to Splinter Cell. And anytime they bring up Splinter Cell, it's always for some bullshit partnership or they're throwing in a just a little like, oh, like uh, I think the last one was what for Fortnite. Where they're like, yeah, we're bringing in Sam Fisher and Fortnite. No, people are like, who fucking cares? It's not what I want. This isn't what I'm looking for. And uh, yeah, you guys, if you ever want Ubisoft, if you ever want my business again, you're going to have to go and you're going to you're gonna have to make something either brand new that I've never seen before that looks awesome, that isn't games as a service, that isn't like every other Ubisoft open world game you've ever made, or bring back Splinter Cell. It's one of those. But you need to the the the, the open world style and formula you have does not work for me. It's just not not compelling. It's not very good. Well, they they got way too fucking carried away with filling it full of just repetitive bullshit. Yeah, cookie cutter shit. Just hey, all right. We we'll, we'll place this mission over here. We'll place this mission over here, and it's the same mission, but we'll slightly change a character. I mean, monotony okay. like that, repetitive tasks, you know, can work in small doses, and you know, here and there. But yeah. uh, 
Don't make the entire fucking map that. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Capcom has Capcom has seen a massive resurgence within their own games, and a I consider this a massive comeback just because of the reputation that Capcom now has with gamers is far higher than I remember it being in the last ten years. Uh, they have come back with just hit after hit after hit now. And on top of that, they just came out with Street Fighter Six. Street Fighter Six is getting massively good reviews. Just everyone's just like, this is awesome. This is the way Street Street Fighter was meant to go. And that's great. You know, it's awesome for the fighting fans. It's awesome for anyone who's been looking for a new Street Fighter to get into. And frankly, I think that uh you know, they're they're on the right track. On top of that, they also have the RE4 remake, which is just awesome. I'm about halfway through it. Yeah. I can speak to the quality of that one. Yeah. Four was always my favorite, and they definitely did it justice. Yeah, and I've I've heard nothing but good things, especially from four fans. Uh and they announced uh they're going back to Dragon's Dogma. They're gonna be doing Dragon's Dogma too. I mean, they haven't done Dragon the last Dragon's Dogma was is so old that it like when I pulled up imagery, I was like, oh shit, this is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but they're going back to it. They're bringing up they're, they're coming back to dragon's dog when they're going to be doing uh, number two. Uh, the last one was available on PS three and 360, just to give you an idea of how old that one was. But uh, if it's, uh, if it's good polished gameplay, if they've, they've worked out some of the mechanics and they create a, a great uh, RPG fantasy RPG to get into, this might be a great contender against uh, dragon's age. If Dra- especially if dragon age is terrible, <laughs> If the next one is, this might be the the replacement. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, Capcom, my one suggestion for this, make it co-op. I want to play with my friends. Yeah, that's actually one reason I never got into that series was it. It looks fun on its own, yeah. but it looks like one of those games that would be a thousand times better playing with one of your friends. Yeah. So from here, PlayStation kind of devolved into uh the the psvr stuff and listeners none of us really care about playstation vr because i mean you're talking about paying 500 dollars for an add-on to a 400 dollars console and that's a 400 minimum dollar console so uh the rest of us kind of don't really give a shit what they're coming out with for for playstation vr especially since they haven't done the smart thing with it and made it compatible with pc as well sony if you want if you want to sell those things like crazy make it compatible with pc and playstation 5 fuck i will buy one yeah and i and i don't like vr but i I will buy one i have almost zero interest in vr but if i buy one for my playstation and i can use it on my pc i'd get one yeah yeah because there's always those games are like oh man this looks like it'd be fun and it pops up like vr only like well fuck never mind (laughs) yeah no never mind yeah, so just you know, just to give some friendly advice out there, Jim Ryan, you are missing out on making a shit ton of money by simply not putting the PlayStation VR two available on PC as well. I know PC players that would absolutely buy this. Jay's two cents, Linus from Linus Tech Tips, both of them sat there and said, "This is an amazing headset. Like you guys have got to put the like you guys have got to try this." And on the one unfortunate thing, it's only on the PS five. If it was available on 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 PC too, dude, that that would just it would sell like crazy. 
there are people who would choose that over like over the valve index just because of one price and comfort. I mean, for crying out loud, I would take this over any other VR headset out there right now on PC simply because of those factors. So listeners, as of uh, June 29th, there's actually a developer out there who's trying a driver creator, I should say, who's trying to make the PSVR 2 compatible with Windows. Now, it's not being pushed by PlayStation or supported by PlayStation, which is kind of ridiculous at this point, because, Jim, we're talking about putting your hardware on a competitor's platform and they can't do anything about it. Dude, that seems like a no brainer. Come on. Remove head from ass. Sell VR headset. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the, uh, by the way, I remember the name of that game uh, that uh, that's the other games as a service title that uh, Dre Raymond's working on. Uh, her studio is Concord. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you want to know why, like the, the biggest reason why I, I think they're going to have a problem with all their games as a service titles uh, really quick, I can just uh, here's the reason why Fortnite, Call of Duty, Battlegrounds, uh, League of Legends, Destiny 2, Apex Legends, uh, <laughs> Warframe, Dota 2, CSGO, Grand Theft Auto Online, Overwatch, uh, Jensen Impact, Final Fantasy, <laughs> Final Fantasy 14, Halo Infinite, uh, or is it 15? Which one's the online one? 14. 14, okay. Uh, Halo Infinite, uh, Valorant, Diablo 4, and the list just keeps going. Like this, this is just this is just the top. That is that is the stuff they are competing with. Do you think they're going to pull gamers from those? If we're crying out loud, Call of Duty has been losing their own player base to Blizzard for Diablo, as have people been leaving Destiny for Diablo as well, and those are established. Nobody's leaving Fortnite for that. I'm sorry. Fortnite is the juggernaut of juggernauts. It cannot be stopped. It cannot be stopped. It cannot be toppled. They have more congruent players. Yeah. (laughs) Fortunately, yes. They have more concurrent players than any other any other game in history right now. An average an average player base, I think they said per month of nearly 200 million players worldwide. That's more than WoW has ever seen. So the service area, the service games, yeah, pretty much full. And yet PlayStation thinks that 12 is a good idea. And now the biggest ever uh, biggest MMO that's ever launched is now Final Fantasy. They have more players than WoW does. Do you think these people are leaving these games? For for any of PlayStation's upcoming titles? <laughs> they the don't get me wrong, they'll have they'll have a huge player count for day for for day 1 or week 1. And then that'll just drop like a rock. Like with every other title that's come out. Now, Marathon will be fine because all the PvP players that are coming over from Destiny because they've been getting neglected on Destiny so long are just going to move over to Marathon. That's that's how that'll work. So that's already a baked in audience. But everything else that they have to make, it has to be like the best games as a service model you've ever seen in order to actually just survive. If they were if they were coming out with like two maybe three games as a service titles okay i I could get behind that i i think that would be something that that, they could there's a possibility there might be a gem in there maybe but 12 fuck man you're throwing shit on a wall and seeing what sticks the final last thing that i want to talk about on our from their showcase that made 
everyone happy and everyone excited. And I am ecstatic that we're finally getting and we're going to see <sighs> Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2 is, ah, man. Insomniac, you guys just keep hitting out of the park. And, and regardless of how I feel about the, the HUD, the HUD looks a little wonky. I think that's something that can be fixed and perfected. Everything else looked awesome. The gameplay, the gameplay looked phenomenal. Being able to play as as Black Suit Spidey, Venom, Venom Spidey, all those powers that looked sick. And the suit looks so gross, like it should. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's very uns- like there. There's parts of it that's very unsettling. It's almost like you're looking at muscle tissue like going up through his neck and it's all juicy looking. It's like, dude, this looks awesome. Yeah. Like the first time they show it close up, it looks like really slimy and gross. And I'm like, ew. Yeah. Great. That's just how it should be. Yeah. Almost surprised. Miles didn't look at him and go, ew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's, that's going to be going to be sweet. And it's going to be really awesome to see how they deal with going from miles to, to Peter back and forth on on gameplay wise i'm hoping there's some there's going to be some really uh unique gameplay aspects with that yeah with team up and, and i mean the the combat as uh symbiote suit spidey looks yeah. so smooth yeah all of that looked really good i'm pretty excited that they uh finally added in the glide mm-hmm. i yeah that was sweet everybody was all worried they're like oh the whole game doesn't take place you know in New York city, like on the Island, like the yeah. first one does, how are they going to get around? I'm like, I mean, they used to be able to glide. glide. So yeah, it's cool that they added that in Uh Craven. The hunter is always a really cool villain. Yep. They're pretty excited to see how, uh, how they handle that. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's not listeners. Obviously he's not going to be the main villain of the game. Everybody <laughs> keeps treating him like he is. Obviously it's going to end up being venom. And that's going to be just an awesome storyline to go through. Uh, so, yeah, just stoked. That's going to be awesome. It's going to be coming out this year, and I can't wait. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah, that's that's one that uh, that's one I'll play the uh, that's one I'll, I'll I'll pay the ten dollars extra. Yeah, okay. I, I'll pre-order that one too because yeah. I guarantee you it's going to come out on a day where I'm at work. Yeah, so that way I can come home and just have it preloaded and actually yeah. like play it a lot of times i don't like to pre-order uh digital games but there are a few exceptions this will be one yeah and uh, uh insomniac games for me are typically a uh instant buy yeah and speaking of insomniac for all those pc players out there you're gonna actually get a chance to play <laughs> ratchet and clank on your pc and uh you'll be able to experience that kind of glory they're they're bringing some multiple features that are only going to be available on PC, which are going to be nice, including ultra wide support for your monitor. Uh, I think they actually have support for it to be three monitors wide, Holy shit. Uh, which is pretty fucking impressive. <clears throat> uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see that. I'm hoping, hoping that they've the studio who's making this has learned the lessons of what happened with uh, the last of us and what went wrong with that and are going to look at, look to that studio and go, look, they kind of fucked this up. We need to make sure we don't do something like that. We need to be prepared for multiple systems on this, on this platform and to make sure that it runs well on everything. So we shall see. I do just want to point out that the timing of this is really funny. I bought my PS five 
specifically, well, one of the reasons was to play Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. And then not even a month later, they announced they're bringing it to PC. Yeah. So just another instance of I cough up a bunch of money and then they go, oh, hey, if you would have waited another week or two, you know. Yeah. And for those of you who have been playing Diablo 4, you already know this, but for those who have been kind of waiting on Diablo 4, if you're if you're listening to us, uh, I'm not going to tell you whether or not you should buy it. I'm just going to tell you that it has been it has been getting really good reviews, uh, regardless of the microtransaction nonsense that's going on with it and how bad that is. Uh, the fact that it is a it is it is a complete story, even though it is going to be games as a service. Like they've said that there is an end game, an end game in this. It doesn't feel like there's going to be a tons of like, all right, we're going to have the, you know, the continuation of the story with the, the next expansion. This seems like it is a complete package for this. You're going to have an, an, an end to the, to the story. And if they do add more to it later, it's probably just going to be a different story entirely. So you're going to be expecting a you know, probably a large expansion sometime in the future, uh, but a ways off. Obviously, they're going to be mostly concentrating on the storefront, the, the cash store, which is, is atrocious. <laughs> but uh they're going to be focusing on those they're going to be focusing on the uh the seasonal content to try and make sure make sure people are buying the season passes so that's the stuff they'll be working on the most for those who continue to compl- uh, keep playing and coming back and power balances because they can't seem to get that right <laughs> yeah yeah that always seems to be an issue uh so yeah good news for all you guys uh the only thing I have to really talk about for uh, reviews wise is Jedi, which I finished. Um, Jedi Survivor is a technically pretty game for the most part. It has some serious issues on PC still. Uh, things that are just really buggy uh, between FSR, between the anti-aliasing, between motion blur. Like there's there's some weird bugs in it that take place. But when you can get the game running and running well. Uh, for the most part, it plays just fine. Uh, the issues that I have with it come down to story. Um, there's some seriously lore breaking things in the game, uh, which I could not ignore. Sorry. Uh, anyone else who likes the story. Great. Um, I cannot recommend this game for the simple fact of on PC, too many technical issues still. Also, I think the story is kind of shit. And if you're, you're wondering why listeners, I can tell you this really simply, uh, there are three major boss battles in the game. Uh, there are other boss battles in the game, but three major ones, three bosses. You're going to lose four times. One of them, you're going to lose twice to another one. You're going to lose once to another one. You're going to lose once to you're going to have another, you're going to have another boss battle after that, obviously later, but it's one of those things like because of plot, Apparent, and it doesn't matter how good you're doing in the fight, you could be just destroying the opponent, destroying the boss, and it intentionally makes you lose. And that is bullshit storytelling. That is crap. One of the boss battles is so freaking like it's ridiculous. Like, you know, going into it, you're going to lose. So it's completely pointless to start with. You will literally be asking yourself, why is this? Why am I having this? Why am I witnessing this? Why? Why? Really? Why am I playing this? This is literally a main character from the Star Wars saga that is required for the rest of the movies to even take place, the rest of the story. And yet you're having to fight them. If there, if there was ever a definition of pointlessness in a video game, that's it. 
So I was severely disappointed by that. And that was enough for me to go. Yeah, this is just trash storytelling. I'm not going to play this or I'm not going to, I'm not going to continue with this story or this series. Um, there were some good stuff in it, but it's not enough for me to keep going. So, uh, yeah, I'm done with, uh, I'm done with star Wars, um, pretty much on everything. And that's unfortunate. Uh, but it is what it is, right? That's my recommendation. Sorry. If you like it, great. Moving on to another game. This is a game I would actually, uh, I would actually recommend. Um, it is called Killer Frequency. I've been playing this on uh, PC. This game is awesome. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's very fun. It's about a radio host that has to guide people through the through their scenarios to avoid a serial killer so they don't die. I I, I don't want to go too much into the, into the plot because it gives away the rest of the really the rest of the story. But that, that's pretty much all I can tell you about it is that you're a radio host that's trying to guide people while they're on the on on the phone with you through their various scenarios to try and get them through the night uh, and avoid a serial killer. Uh, it's worth the buy. I I think it's worth the buy. I think I got it for I want to say it was, it's twenty bucks. It is twenty dollars. Um, it is available on all major systems, so I highly recommend it. Even on console, even though I think it probably plays better on the mouse and keyboard, uh, it's definitely worth the buy. Um, I'm not finished with it yet, but uh, Bolt Gun has been worth every of the twenty dollars. So that's, many good things about that game. It, it's dirt cheap, and it's way better quality than the price would indicate yeah it's so much fun i mean granted you know i'm the youngest one on the podcast so you know i got less time with these kind of games than everyone else but i mean this this is uh it's a perfect balance of what you remember from boomer shooters back in the early 90s and just good gameplay anyways gotcha like it's it's like Doom two and Warhammer had a baby and this is, <laughs> this is what you get. Yeah. How's the, uh, how's the difficulty? Like I, some of the enemies are a little bit more difficult than I think they should be, but typically about the time you start running into something really difficult, they mm. give you a new gun. Gotcha. So it, it's been, I'm, I'm playing on normal, so it's not super difficult. Gotcha. Uh, there was one section where you have to deal with uh, portals that you guys got to listen to me struggle through for about 45 <laughs> minutes. Um, that was the, where the fuck do I go? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, even knowing where I had to go, it was getting there. Yeah. That was the problem. Okay. Um, yeah. I, there's nothing bad I can say about this game, which is incredibly rare these days. It's 20 bucks. It's a blast. Yeah. Even if you don't like Warhammer, it's probably still going to be fun for you. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I would say the same thing for even Space Marine. So, yeah, because Space Marine was, you don't really have to be a fan of Warhammer or of like Warhammer 40K in order to just enjoy that game. Yeah. It helps, but yeah. it's not required. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same deal. It's, yeah, go buy it. All right. It's $20. 20 bucks. <laughs> it's $20. Yeah. <laughs> Buy it. No, I, I'm yeah. just saying it, it's I've a couple of people that I've talked to about it. were like, Oh, I don't know. You know, I, I don't have a lot of money. I'm like, I'll give you $20 so yeah. you can play this. Like, I know you will enjoy it. So I will give you the money to 
if, if you're so strapped for money that yeah, it's you on, can't it's afford on my wish list, but I had something take priority before it. So right. Well, it'll, no, it'll, it'll be, it'll be the next month. I, I've, <laughs> I've talked to multiple people that are just like, Oh, I don't know if I want to spend the money. I'm like, dude, it's worth yeah, it. It's on my list. <laughs> yeah. There's no way about no um, way around it. I should have probably should, should have just said, screw it and, and gotten it while it's still, you know, had the slight discount to it. Yeah. But, oh yeah, I should say I think I got it for seventeen. Yeah, because uh, this was another game that I uh, I pre-ordered. Yeah, but that was again just so I could come home and immediately hop on and play because yeah. Steam will reinstall things. You can still get Bolt Gun for seventeen dollars and forty nine cents through CD Keys. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hello CD Keys. Um, sorry. Yeah, we're all listeners. This is this is our entire like the you the ums and uhs are have been so bad for me today. I'm I apologize. Fuck, like it's been bad. But we're all kind of like we're like I, I don't know if listeners. I don't know if I can describe this well enough. But there like there's a gif that Miles shared with us, and it is it illustrates like just everyone right now of like. This cat that's eyes are not cross-eyed, going the opposite directions from each other. And the cat is just completely disheveled and just kind of looking around like, what? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> and I'm like, I, I feel exactly how that cat looks <laughs> right now. Yeah, I, I don't know what's <laughs> been going on this week, but yeah, for whatever reason, it you just wake up and you never really shake that feeling of yeah. I just woke up. I just got here. I just woke up. No, the only other game I was going to say uh, I could talk about is uh, Starship Troopers, but I sang my praises about that one already. We sang our praises about that already. If I can find that podcast, we'll we'll actually get it uploaded. But if not, just in case, so we can reiterate, listen, Starship Troopers is absolutely a buyer. That is a great game. Josiah got it for me. Starship uh, Troopers Extermination. Extermination. Is what it's yeah. Uh, it's early access. I think it's $25 right now. Again, if the tutorial you- does not do that game justice. I will tell you this right now. <laughs> the tutorial is kind of shit. And if the developers ever hear this, your tutorial is kind of shit. But your game is awesome. Uh, friendly Fire is on, but this is actually a game where people will pay attention to where they're shooting. I yep. never got team killed. Yeah, me neither. Um, got hit a couple times, but. That was about it. Yeah, you'll get, uh, oops, I'm sorry, and then they'll yep. readjust, but outside of that, gameplay is fun. Uh, the community's actually really good. Uh, I was very skeptical because this game is uh, multiplayer only. There's no PvE, and uh, I quit playing multiplayer games for a long time. Well, just it's technically, it's technically all PvE. Right, yeah. okay, so it's multiplayer <laughs> PvE. Yeah. <laughs> again working on half a brain here today yeah uh it's it's all it's all players versus the uh the the computer which is probably a, a good chunk of the reason the uh community isn't really shitty with yeah. each other you know pve um, i'm just imagining the fucking bugs sitting on the sidelines eating popcorn watching humans <laughs> kill each other <laughs> realistically if you came over and watched me play it's a blank monitor and i'm just sitting here making gunfire noises (laughs) 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 uh yeah it's a i'd say if you like starship troopers it's a guaranteed buy yeah 
Miles, do you have anything else, or do you have any, anything to review? I mean, you you've been playing uh, Zelda for a lot, and I I don't remember if you you yeah, brought I've it up been last doing the, podcast or not. But I've been doing the ADD <clears throat> thing, jumping between several games. Uh, yeah, I've I've made it a good amount of the way in uh, in uh, Zelda Terrors of the Kingdom. Uh, Terror. It is absolutely <laughs> terrors of the kingdom. <laughs> like Link just decided to go on a Minecraft building spree and just created a whole bunch of robots to kill people. Dude, so, some of the shit people come up with is just fucking amazing. But yeah. uh, that tank had me had me dying. Yeah, that I saw that guy build. I was like, what the fuck? It's just a legitimate actual tank. Yeah, just going around killing everything. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, Zelda <laughs> War Crimes of the Kingdom. But uh, <laughs> uh, I haven't been back on it in a while. Uh, I've been on a, a slight kick of uh, playing No Man's Sky because they launched a new season. Um, and yeah, that's been cool and interesting. They've they've had some more quality of life improvements, but overall, it's still the same game. So. Yeah. But still fun, just for exploration. So. Yeah. Don't have to put a whole lot of thought into it most of the time. Unless you're me who needs to have his hand held like the entire fucking time. I feel like when I play that game, <laughs> you got at this so point because I'm so far at the behind. beginning of that fucking game. Yeah. I can't leave the system. Just, just make yeah. a warp summit. I don't have the blueprint. It won't give me the blueprint. It gives it to you in the tutorial. <laughs> It yeah. didn't give me the blueprint. Literally didn't give me. It literally didn't give me the blueprint. I was stuck on a fucking planet without without anything. Had to restart. Uh, eventually. Um. Or no, no. Uh, I had to, I had to go and find a facility that had it. Yeah, that's right. I had to go and find an area that had it. I did uh, uh, on the planet. I did laugh because I'm doing the <clears throat> uh, community expedition, so it's it's yeah. kind of like the. Uh, ladder mode for Diablo where it's essentially kind of a temporary game and you just unlock cosmetics and stuff. Gotcha. Uh, but I started out and I, I got a, uh, a tier, uh, rifle right off the bat. Mm. And then I also got nice. a really good C tier starship right off the bat. And it was one of the, kind of cooler new ones that they they unveiled uh, not too long ago with like the solar sails and stuff on it yeah i was like ah oh, this is pretty cool i don't know if i'm going to find anything better than this and they tried to one of the things you can do with this uh new um season is uh you can get a sentinel ship and uh it kind of gives you the quest line to go get one and it's not even terribly mm-hmm. difficult i put it off for no fucking reason and uh yeah. only got <clears throat> Uh, one repaired and rebuilt. Uh, I don't know. Yesterday, day before, and uh, I, I took a look at it for the comparison, and it just dusted the shit out of my old ship. I'm like, well, I should have done this a lot sooner. <laughs> and this is fucking <laughs> sick looking. So. That's funny. Oh, I've been playing a bit of a planet, planet of Lana. It's uh, one of the newer games on Game Pass. Yeah, I just downloaded that uh, yesterday. So far, I mean, it's um, it's very simple and straightforward. You know, you got like yeah. three, four buttons that you have to ever concern yourself with so far. Um, character uh, interaction is okay. Like, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty for what it is. So yeah, 
worth checking yeah, out. Yeah, it seems like a very a fairly simple, uh, you know, side-scrolling puzzler. Yeah, kind of thing. So, all right. Well, listeners, thank you for listening to us. Uh, we are actually going. We actually have uh, the other uh, Xbox showcase to to look at. Um, there's been plenty of, uh, of other PC stuff that's been, that's been, been kind of revealed or revealed, uh, the last couple of days. I'm going to try and go through some of that and find stuff to pick out that, that we're getting excited for. Yeah, so lot. we can talk about that next time. A lot. Uh, but there's going to be a ton of us, a ton of stuff to cut, to, to cover next time. So we're going to cut this one off. Uh, we're going to come back next time for the podcast. Maybe we'll do one at the end of this week instead of waiting the full two weeks so we can get it out the door. Uh, but uh, I guarantee it's going to be a very long one as well. Uh, so thank you for sticking with us. We really do appreciate it. Uh, if you if you want, tell your friends about us. It's literally the only way we get around because we have no real social media presence, and we kind of like to keep it that way just because social media is destroying the planet. <laughs> it's destroying humanity all, uh, just in, in reality. But uh, yeah, tell your friends about us. And uh, if you don't like it, if you didn't like the podcast, tell your friends, don't listen to us because maybe they'll just listen to us to hate listen. Uh, we really do appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> we like hate listeners. So <laughs> anyways, this is Vargo. This is Josiah. And Miles. Keep on geeking on and we're out.